Comic Book Logic is brought to you by Mail Kim. Previously on Comic Book Logic. I, I think at the beginning when we sat down to watch this movie, I told you, I said, Kevin, we have to find one thing that we like about this movie. This movie is no fun. This movie hates it's a, us. It's a, I think this movie hates us. Pa Kent is not the guy who will say... Maybe you should have let those people die on that bus. Right. He would never in a million years ever have said that. What'd you think of the game, Dick Splash? We sent you on a spaceship to Earth. Yeah. It's like, we already know that. Right. You showed us the damn spaceship. Yeah. We've seen it twice now. Yes. The spaceship. And you explain it again for a third time. God. Uh. Uh. It is hostile. It has no real character development. Um, I'm going to give it a D. I'm going to give this movie a D minus. Wow. Comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. Bullet. Logic. Civil liberties are being trampled on in your city. People living in fear. He thinks he's above the law. The Daily Planet criticizing those who think they're above the laws. Oh, hypocritical. What'd you say? Considering every time your hero saves a cat out of a tree, you read a puff piece editorial about an alien. You could burn the whole place down. Most of the world doesn't share your opinion, Mr. Wayne. Maybe it's Gotham City and me. We just have a bad history with freaks dressed like clowns. It's not yeah. adorable when a 30-year-old man does anything. All right. Would that be a lesson to the ladies? You got any notes? Are you prepared for this? I do. I have notes. I just came from this thing. This You've been stewing on it I, for a week. Well, I'll get into it in the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe, and with me, as always, my co-host, Kevin. Yo. And today we are talking about the 2016 <laughs> epic film. In theaters now. In theaters now. Special spoiler-heavy podcast. Uh, yes. Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice. Yes, it's bung, been bung. out for a week. If you're listening yeah. to this, you've probably seen it, but just in case, we are going to spoil everything. everything. Not that the trailers for the movie didn't spoil everything already. <laughs> it certainly spoiled a lot of it. <laughs> you could have watched the entire movie in trailer form and got the gist of it. Uh, I wish I had. <laughs> Would have saved me some money and two and a half hours. I'm surprised of my that life. the big plot point revolved around Martha Washington. <laughs> revolved around. Martha's, two Martha's. That's the name of my uh, my sitcom. I'm gonna write my sitcom spinoff. Actually, that's the name of my early '90s alt band, <laughs> Two Martha's. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna ask uh, the question that we ask every week, uh, Kevin. Before going to see Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, I'm not gonna abbreviate it BVS. I refuse to. It's gonna be Batman v Superman: Boobs, Dawn of Justice. Dodge. Well, we just we've been calling it bats v soups, and I Bats think v that's soups. I yeah. think that that works for us. What did you know about the tumultuous relationship of Batman and Superman? 
Uh, not much because I don't feel like that was ever, uh, I mean, I'm sure some of the animated series maybe got into it a little bit, but I never watched the Superman one and I don't know how much crossover there even was with that. So, uh, not much. I mean, I guess I understood it in the sense of like almost, I understood it almost from like a marketing perspective, right? Because like you had, you know, Superman is this big iconic character that's been around for, you know, 80 something years or whatever. And then Batman has been around for slightly less time than that, but they're both such huge pop culture sort of characters that it kind of makes sense that if you put them side by side, there'd be a little... A little friction, a little rival, rivalry, a little one-upsmanship. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> of you, course you don't there'd have be to some rival. You don't have to keep being Ira Glass. That, Are you sure that you don't bit want to is Ira Glass? over. That bit is over. That was at the beginning. <laughs> um, so, Batman versus Superman, they've had a long, tumultuous relationship. Their first appearance was in uh, World's Finest Number 3, where Batman forgot his car keys and Superman had to help him out. No, I'm just joking with all that. <laughs> um, the first true meeting of Superman and uh, Batman came surprisingly late in their careers, uh, 1952. So you got to figure the both of them have been around since the 1930s at that point. It had been almost probably 15, 16 years since they actually got together. Where, when the comic book people were like, you know what? We got this Batman. We got this Superman. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. Of course, you you got your Batman and <laughs> you my Superman. Pa- well, you got your Superman and my, my Batman. Batman. Yeah, and it just worked. No, yeah. um, their first appearance was in 1952, Superman 76, and we talked about this on another cast. It's where they both go on a cruise ship together, and they oh, <laughs> millionaire Bruce yes. Wayne and reporter Clark Kent get put in the same cabin together, and hijinks ensue. And that was an episode of Love Boat, right? Is what you're describing? Yeah, pretty it's much. Actually, like it was a, it was probably like a like a Batman the, the TV series. Yeah, it's Adam West. He's crossover with the Love Boat TV series. Hello there, old chum. <laughs> it seems that my cabin got mixed up and my ward is now actually sleeping with Diana Prince. <laughs> wow. Do you mind if I turn off the lights and put on my Batman outfit? <laughs> Adam West, <laughs> I didn't hear you come in. <laughs> and Gopher shows up. And he's like, can I get you anything, Mr. Wayne? Aye, <laughs> aye, <I>, Captain Steubing. <laughs> Isaac's like... Hey, I did the finger guns. Uh, yeah, and so uh, Lois gets in trouble, and of course we have the classic scene where they have to mysteriously turn off the lights briefly <laughs> so that they could change into their outfits. It's just like this would not fly. Great, great the- homage to that in this movie, by the way, because I feel like <laughs> kind of they pretty much had something like that. Uh, and they this actually ushered in the era called the world's finest era, and that's where Superman and Batman were like best friends. Like that's what they were the super friends. They they sure. hung out together. They were this is back before Batman was all dark and brooding. Like my parents are dead, <laughs> and you know they were like he'd be walking down the street in his Batman outfit saying hi to civilians. Like you know it's like that sort of thing. It's your friendly neighborhood, Batman. Yeah, they actually knew each other's secret hideouts. So, like Batman would go hang out at the the Fortress of Solitude, and Superman would go hang out at the Batcave. Um, even Alan Moore, the great Alan Moore, who wrote who talked like this, I'm Alan Moore. He'd, uh, he, who wrote Watchmen and V for mm. Vendetta, he actually wrote one of these stories where, like, Batman and Superman were hanging out being best friends. Um, that's That was in uh, Superman Annual number 11. Uh, the real pro- the, the Batman v- versus Superman kind of came about post-Crisis, and I know I've talked about this on the podcast before. Crisis on Infinite Earths was a 1985-84-85 crossover that kind of rewrote the DC Universe. Um, and so, post-Crisis, Superman was being written by a guy named John Byrne who kind of just revitalized Superman. He turned him into an uh, actual TV news reporter as opposed to a newspaper reporter. 
Um, he toned down his powers considerably. He no longer could shoot a mini Superman out of his hand uh-huh. or throw like cellophane S off of his chest to wrap up General Zod. They they met up in Man of Steel number three and they had like a very, very tumultuous relationship. And it's like it's the dynamic that they were trying to go for with Superman. Like Superman is this eternally optimistic, positive guy who kind of believes that he's kind of the state of nature in the state of nature. Man is is innocent. Man is a good guy. It's just it's a uh, it's society that pushes that makes them evil. And in Batman, he's got that very much the I think it's John Locke almost where, you know, in a state of nature, man is evil and should or that might be Rousseau. I think it's Rousseau. Right. It's like in a state of nature, man is evil. Man is born evil. You know, yeah, man is born of sin. And they had like this type relationship. They brought down the villain Magpie. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. There's a villain named Magpie. Oy. And this gave way to the same year. Uh, the very famous Batman The Dark Knight Returns, not The Dark Knight, like the movie, The Dark Knight Returns, which we always call Dark Knight Rises, right, Dark Knight exactly. Returns. Yeah, it was a better um, title. Written by Frank Miller, who we're going to touch on probably in the next podcast a little bit, uh, writer of 300 and Daredevil uh-huh. and The Spirit and a bunch of other really weird misogynistic books. Uh, he wrote The Dark Knight Returns, which actually featured Batman is kind of this... Uh, underground crime fighter who was fighting against the government and society and Superman, who was a tool of the U.S. government. And that kind of led to this big showdown where Batman puts on this robot suit to fight Superman. And, you know, we might get into a little bit of that maybe sometime in the near future. (laughs) Right. (laughs) As in probably 10 minutes from now. (laughs) Right. Um, this is this has been an ongoing thing of since post crisis of Batman and Superman always go from being this like friends to, uh, Un, uh, you know, like unwilling allies to yeah. enemies, straight out enemies. And it's always a, di- a dichotomy of their personalities mm. in that they sometimes know each other's identities, they sometimes don't. Like yeah. Superman doesn't want to look behind the mask to find out who he is because he he respects Batman's uh, uh, secret identity, but then sometimes he knows, and then mm-hmm. Batman knows. Batman always knows. He's like, Clark Kent, I can't. Uh, this newspaper reporter, Clark Kent. <laughs> I'm going to do Noel and uh, yeah yeah and this movie you, you talked about the dichotomies and uh how it's you know uh there's this, these opposing viewpoints and it's a very sort of you know rooted in the uh and uh, this movie of, yeah. will do none of that <laughs> none of it none of it at all check it out the window Who's that you must be new. That is Bruce Wayne. Mr. Wayne. Clark Kent, Daily Planet. What's your position on the bat vigilante in Gotham? All right, so bats v. soups. Yeah. Dawn of soup. Dawn. <laughs> Where to begin? Actually, this movie's, um, I really, really, really like the opening of this movie. Uh... Yeah, and, and now when you say the opening, you're well, actually... I mean both the but let's we'll be starting at the beginning. We get, of course, the obligatory recap of Batman's <laughs> right. That's origin. That's what I was going to say. Is that what you like? Well, I didn't. It was short. That's what I liked about it. It was uh, short, and we get we get um the comedian uh shows up as as Thomas Wayne. <laughs> right. Uh, what's his face? Um, Je- uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan shows up, and, and, the, and uh, what's her face? Lori, um... Laura, uh, oh my God, Laura, Lauren Cohan. Lauren sorry, Cohen, yeah. I'm sorry, I kept getting from Lori. from The Walking Dead. From and, The Walking Dead, and and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is also going to be on The Walking Dead someday. Yeah. Apparently, I'm not caught up. I I think I've got one or two left. So. Yeah, I mean, they show up as Thomas and Martha Wayne, 
Thomas and Martha Wayne. Um, oh and a really, co- and a really cool sequence, Ugh. and it's like kind of slow motion. They're coming out of Excalibur, so that really roots it the time period. It's nineteen, I think it's eighty one no, or eighty two, right? And, and and the problem is that Excalibur, it said opening when opening soon or something like that, or opening Wednesday or whatever it is. Um, I don't know if they ever actually got to see Excalibur. Oh, did they? They might. Did Thomas and Martha Wayne ever get to see Excalibur? I like this. I, I like this. Uh, <laughs> this. This. Well, who's? Uh, I like this Liam Neeson guy. I think he's gonna go places. I think he might train our son one day. Oh, good. <laughs> and then this, we the- get our first of several. Uh, slow motion Zack Snyder shots of a bullet casing landing on the ground. What I really liked about it, okay, and this was something that, you know, this was a deliberate choice, and I, I liked it, because I kind of like how Snyder does some visuals. I, I You know what, I like what Mo- Snyder does with most of his visuals. Mm-hmm. You know, his directing and, like, the story he tells, you could take, I could leave it. Mm-hmm. But I like his visuals, and I like what the robber did was when he put the gun and the hammer of the gun around the pearls, and when he the, the gun cocks back and it breaks the pearls. I was like, I've never seen that done with Batman before. Mm. It probably has been done probably in a comic at some point, like a, um, from a panel. Uh, actually, it was, okay. and I actually was just looking at this before I came over because I was yeah. looking through some notes. I can't tell you anything about it, um, but I was on a uh, comic website. They were, they were itemizing some yeah. some Easter eggs and things, and that was one of them. They actually yeah. showed the panels that actually comes from one. I didn't like it because I th- uh, I found it, um, you know, obnoxiously sort of misogynistic. You oh, know, there's yeah. this gun just sort of. You know this phallic penetrating, thing, just penetrating right the, in the, her face. She's the, practically, yeah, performing yeah, the, on the gun as breaking it kills the fe- her. breaking the feminine ova that is the pearls. <laughs> it was a little much. Um, <laughs> the ona that is the pearls. I was like, great, we're thirty seconds into this movie, and I'm already. I like the vi- dismayed. I, yes, but the, the thing but is, it came from something. Yeah. So, and plus, you didn't actually see the gun in her face. the The barrel was off screen, and it was it was mainly about showing the broken. You pearls. see it in her face. There yeah. is one split. There's one yeah, but, moment I mean, you where don't it's see, right you don't, in her face. You don't see the very... gun go off in her face. At no, least. yeah, you don't see it go off in her and face. And of course, Thomas goes down in slow motion, and his last words are "Martha." <laughs> Rem- I, w- <laughs> I will remember your name, Martha. Your name will change the fate. And of then, of the course, world. you have little Bruce Wayne running, running from the funeral. They're taking him to the Wayne crypt, and he falls yeah. in the hole. And then Bat. Lift him up. Oh my god! In a very Jesusy kind of so many dream sequences. And in then this it, movie. it turns out it's a dream. And then you have Affleck saying like, "Every time I wake up, I you know whatever he says." Yeah, you know? he's it's talking like, about how, how it's, it's a dream. weird dream yeah. that he has, and yeah, I don't know. And then that takes us actually to the scene that I absolutely it was the one scene in this movie that I absolutely loved hands down and it's it's actually a recap from man of steel and it's it's something we see in the trailer just like everything in this movie we've seen in the trailer <laughs> right it's affleck driving his little like his little cooper or whatever, yeah, whatever. Like, a little like, yeah. hey, electric car as he's driving and he it's the fight in metropolis as zod's eye uh, beams are like they're fighting the world engine you see it's mm-hmm. right it's right from ground level and what i really like what snyder did with this is that he positioned the camera downward so that you were really looking up at what's going on and he, mm-hmm. you know he's got this weird kind of shaky camera thing where he zooms in all of a sudden yes oh you know i forgot to mention i forgot to mention that after uh thomas's martha all of a sudden um bob dylan's starts playing it <laughs> <laughs> come right. gather around children it's high time you learn 
I like how it He's always turns Simpsons into the Simpsons. Simpsons I, know. I don't it. know the real words. It's okay. And uh, so, yeah, you have this thing in it. And of course, the guy, the guy, uh, he calls up the guy in the building, and he's like, "You got to abandon everyone." And the guy's like, "All right, right." He's yeah, he's like, watching he's just, this entire city be destroyed, and he's and he's just like, "Well, no one told me to evacuate the building." The only so. thing, the only thing I could think of and is like, "Oh, oh, oh!" The owner of the company mm-hmm. just called me and told me to evacuate. That's probably a good idea. I know some people that work at the stock exchange in Chicago, <laughs> and if it was an open trading day, they would not have left that building. I guess. It's like, we can't abandon this. We're in the middle of a trading day. <laughs> We're in the Metropolis Satellite Office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of Wayne Enterprises. And of the, the, you know, and the building is falling down. Yeah. And, and what I loved about that scene is is that you have Affleck as Ben Affleck. Affleck as Ben Affleck. Affleck as Batman. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and it's this very September 11th, you know, with the, the big cloud of dust. Sure. And as everyone's running away, he He's runs running into towards it. it. And mm-hmm. it's so great. Just like there was no hesitation, which is what I liked. Mm-hmm. It's like you didn't have that moment where he was like, should I do this? It was just, boom, I'm doing this. Yeah. He goes in there and they get that weird eerie scene with like the horse walking by. Yeah. That, that eerie silence like of after something that's tra- traumatic. And especially after Man of Steel where they got this like. Huge Hans Zimmer, like boom, 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 you know, playing yeah. in the background. It's this really quiet scene, and uh, you know, he comes across Scoot McNary, who's the security guard. He's got his legs pinned, right? And uh, of course, he's like super Hulk. He lifts this giant like iron bar off mm-hmm. of his legs. It's great, and he gets him to safety. He sees this little girl. He jumps and pushes her out of the way of a phone. It's, I think, it's and that's the only one things that the only people that he will save yeah. for the next two and a half hours. And it, but it's it's so like good because you're like. On one hand, it establishes the character of Bruce Wayne. You know, he's this man of action. He he does things purposefully. He does things um, with you know, with purpose. He does he he doesn't hesitate when mm-hmm. what he's going to do. He makes up his mind and he does it. And it also shows that he does care about the regular everyday person. And it also shows it gives at least it gives somewhat of an purpose of why he hates Superman. You know. It, yeah, we'll get into that yeah. because. But I mean, like from that, like that perspective, that's like, the moment of you know where he's basically just holding the girl and he's looking up and he sees Superman fighting Zod and he just kind of is just like, screw that guy. Yeah. Like he just gives him, <laughs> give him that look. Yeah, you know, like, screw that guy. <laughs> that guy. That guy sucks. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that guy. Oh, and it's such a sad thing too with the little girl, and she's like, "We're gonna find your mommy and daddy. Where are they?" And she points up at the building, and the building's like cut in half. The building's gone. It's yeah. like, whoa, oh. yeah. Um, then we flash. It says like 18 months ago. You know, like the world encounters Superman, and then right. we get to the modern day, and uh, Lois Lane's like in Arabistan, I think. Or she's in, she's in somewhere in Africa that may or may not exist. Yeah. Not and entirely sure. About to interview a warlord. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the warlord finds out that her camera guy or whatever, like these... Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen is this... Spoiler. CIA operative. Yeah. Which is weird because there's a girl named Jenny Olsen who works over at the Daily Planet. Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. The Olsen twins. The Olsen twins. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they're twins. We don't know. So, of course... Fraternal the, twins. The warlord takes Lois... Ca- uh, and all these, like... These other guys are like, no, we're going to shoot you. And he's like, wait a second. Yeah. It's kind of confusing. It's very confusing. It doesn't really get explained until later in the movie. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, that, that this movie does that a lot. Yeah. So the African warlord takes Lois hostage. He has her like in this, it's like this really creepy sort of thing. You know, it's just no one. He's like, no one told me they'd send me a woman. She goes, I'm not a woman. I'm a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a good, it's a good and Lois Superman Lane line. comes yeah. and yeah. Like, 
kills the guy. The first of many, many, many Lois Lane rescues. Pushes him through a wall. Yeah, he he probably liquefied with the amount of, like, just the the sheer G-force of that and the trauma. I've seen that on Mythbusters. He's probably straight up exploded. Now let me ask you this. Superman has access to a wide array of powers, including laser vision, (laughs) super speed, um, lots of different things. What could he have done that wasn't killing a man? (laughs) Just about anything. He does a lot of, like, classic Superman, right? And and I think that we'll get into this, too, because even I have some some perspectives on this. But classic, like, TV and movie Superman would be, I'm going to, like, grab the guy... Yeah. You know, by, like, the collar or whatever. And then he's going to, like, lift him up and he'll be like, whoa. No. And then he'll, like, hang him on a flagpole. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he'll be like, the police will come for you later. I mean, he's a warlord. He probably, you know, yeah. there is no police. but <laughs> He is the police. <laughs> it's so like, it's that the, doesn't the, really work the here. The classic but... Superman would have, like, uses heat vision, superheated the gun. So the guy's like, ah! <laughs> and he drops the gun. <laughs> right. And then Supes would have grabbed him, put him on a flagpole, hung the American flag, and flew off with Lois. That's what he would have done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man give him was like a super wedgie and, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. he would have hung him up by, by his <laughs> hands <laughs> um and yeah and the, of course this le- i don't know how accurately we can go scene by scene in this movie i just I, came from it and it i, I think with the newer movies the recasting is going to be or the recasting the, the recapping recap- is going to be a little disjointed because yeah. we really just don't. Because it, well, it's like it's kind of there are and there are also a lot of scenes. There are a ton of scenes. <laughs> Too I mean, many. and of course we get uh, introduced at this point to uh, uh, Senator Holly Hunter. I don't even care what her name is. <laughs> Senator Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Excuse me, Congress. Why should Superman be allowed to save people? <laughs> is he even an American citizen? It's like uh, oh, she's come a long way from her her heady days at the network. <laughs> For, the broadcast news network. Try, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta get the tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Raising Arizona, Holly Hunter. Oh, yeah, she's just like she's a great actress. Yeah, um, she's kind of in a lot of ways the poor man's uh, um, uh, Jodie Foster. Foster. Yeah, poor yeah. man's Jodie Foster. But yeah. She, yeah, of course. So now we we're we're establishing a couple plot points at, at this. One, Superman doesn't isn't really monitoring how he's using his powers he's he's kind of reckless with what he does i mean just by the fact that he takes that african warlord through the wall yeah when he has many options of how to stop him it's interesting because there's i think it's during that sort of hearing where we're finding out that people think that he is responsible for all of the deaths in africa yeah. not really knowing that actually all of those guys shot up He's yeah. only responsible for like one death yeah. in Africa, which is still it's still a death. Yeah. Uh, so you've got this woman there who's you know from there who's a witness saying that you know everyone was alive, and then Superman came and, they tra- and then everyone's they trot dead. Out this woman in like the most racist, full African garb. <laughs> well, Remember, I don't know if it was racist if she's actually African know, and I mean, she's from there. I, I know, but I mean, it's like <laughs> she, they just, get they get like a member of Ladysmith Black Mambazo up there. <laughs> To say that, I'm like, I and know. I get it, I get it, but like, come she's on. She's clearly, well, I mean, she's not going to show up and just like, 
you know, I, there's there's levels. Fubu, where you know, yeah. like well, no, 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 <laughs> that I mean, would be but, worse. Yeah, I, I get that. But, I mean, but it would be like having like Superman kill someone on a native land, and the guy comes up with the full Af- uh, <laughs> Indian headdress. And like the war I paint, I think on. she's wearing what she probably wears. And probably would wear in everyday life in that village. I don't. I mean, at least they didn't have her come out in just like a bag, you know, just like a sack. Yeah, it's like, or like look at the poor person. Exactly. I mean, there's like they could have gone much, much, much more racist, but I was like, so come on. But I think it's during that scene where then there's sort of this montage of Superman. Doing stuff like saving, saving stuff. He, yeah, saving a, a spaceship. The rocket ship explodes, yeah. and he grabs the capsule with the people. But there's a scene. One of those scenes is where the people paint Superman. There, there's a flood, and the people paint Superman. They're yeah. on their roof, very Katrina esque, and they're up on the roof. And, yeah, and they're like. They they look like they're posing. I, I had to look it up to see if that was like a reference to like a classic, like a work of yeah. art or something. Because they're like, it's in very this absurd Norman Rockwell esque, like kind a of. depressing Norman Rockwell, like yeah. <laughs> post Katrina Norman Rockwell series or something. And it's almost like Superman, a t- we don't see Superman actually save them. We he see just Superman g- just kind of hovering over them almost like he's deciding whether or not he should save them well i always you know you know it goes to that classic uh, uh anecdote about you know the 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 person who's like the the, the person comes up to their house and is like hey look you know, you know there's a flood's gonna come you gotta you gotta go uh you gotta move to higher ground and he's like no god will save me oh and yeah, then the, yeah, you know, yeah the, the house joke, is, right. yeah and then God gets, and then he's, they're on the roof, and a boat comes up. And he's like, mm-hmm. "Go on, get him." He goes, "No, thanks, God will save me." And then the guy drowns. He goes up to heaven. and He says, "God, how come you didn't save me?" He goes, "Well, I sent this guy. I sent this <laughs> right. guy, and I, I sent, sent this boat, guy. I sent a helicopter. Yeah, yeah it's, a good, it's a good bit, but it's it's like that, or it's like we have to wait for Superman to come save." So, I mean, I liked. I mean, we can get into our, our, deeper into our reactions later, I guess. But you know, I. I am with you that I actually really liked about the first maybe hour of this movie. Yeah. Like I really – I thought that it it at least tried to ask some really interesting and sort of thorny questions. There's a moment uh, maybe midway through the movie where, I don't know, one of the probably like TV journalists playing themselves, which I think is – always kind of weird and jarring there was it really is yeah there's too many of those in this movie um one of them is is asking any i don't know if it's i don't remember if it's when he's like interviewing holly hunter that scene was or it there's Dick another Cabot? one <laughs> Dick there's an there's there's a there's a moment where metropolis you're on the air <laughs> exactly i don't know where larry, well, larry king, king was in this <laughs> He's been dead for ten years, Kevin. Come on, <laughs> dead. Come on. They got the they got the CG to bring him back for this. Gotham, um, you're online. You're on the air. Go ahead. There's a moment where they ask that basically that question that I think is they like they almost get at it. They almost get to kind of the one of the big questions about this where if you're put if you're positing which they do. I mean, they definitely posit Superman as this godlike God. figure, yeah. right? I mean, he is the stand-in. God and so there's a lot of Judeo-Christian right and people are able to ask so so there's a moment where they ask basically what I don't know exactly how they word it but what they're getting at is you know it's great if Superman comes and saves you from you know like he saves your child from like a burning building yeah that's great that's wonderful but what about all of the people that he doesn't save yeah so then the question is like 
how is he making the decisions, yeah. right, about who to save and who not to save. And that's what I thought was problematic, I think, about that scene where he's just sort of hovering over the, you know, very sort of, like, he look. You get the sense in that scene when he's looking at the people up on the roof, like he's looking at like Should I say ants. them? Oh, he's oh, looking yeah, at like oh, just yeah, ants. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Look at these little people on their roof. And well it and, doesn't and, jive at all. It's a really it's just it's weird. And and that's why I, I think it, it misses some of these things. We can get into yeah, more. Well no, yeah, and later, it's, I think a lot of that has to do with Snyder's personal philosophies, which have recently come to light, which I think oh, are God. play a huge I wondered if we were gonna get into the Ayn Rand thing. And we're that's gonna play a huge part in this. <laughs> um so yeah, you have you have these scenes of Superman saving people, and of course Holly Hunter's like, Well, should he save them? And she's like, Jonathan Kent, why don't you take the stand? Um <laughs> uh, yeah, it and then, meanwhile, back at the Daily Planet, you have uh, Lawrence Fishburne doing this great pair. Lawrence Fishburne's really, I loved him in this movie. For so, he's, like, so much better than he was in Man of Steel in this one. I mean, he's... <laughs> sure. He really... Chan- he's the opposite of bring me pictures of Superman. Yeah. It, it's, but, I mean, he's... You have Clark Kent, who's supposed to be covering this football game, like this Gotham yeah. Gotham versus Metropolis rivalry. Gotham and Metropolis are on opposite sides of the bay. It's very much like the comic book, where I think it's Gotham is in New Jersey and uh, and um, Metropolis is in Delaware, you know, just like right across from each other on the bay. And Clark Kent wants to examine this mysterious vigilante who's working out of Gotham, who's been branding people with this red hot <sighs> bat. Oh, my God. It's It's weird. And what I really, re- and this is the scene where you see Batman, you know, fight going through fighting the criminal, yeah. you know, you, you like you like crazy off the deep end torture I, for information. Batman absolutely loved it. Really loved Batman in this movie, guns and all, huh? Because I know you, I, you, I know you've got a lot I, of issues will, with Batman and guns. I will go into that a little bit later because I I do. However, the pitch of this, uh, uh, the 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 pitch and tone of this Batman. I loved, and I was just like, mm. "Yes, give me more of this." I want to see bat. I want to see like five movies of Affleck playing bat. This Batman, because hmm. um, you have the, the rookie cop going into the house, and like they go down and they see all these women in the in the locked up, and mm-hmm. they, like he's like, "Oh, we'll get you out of there," and he just like the door's not locked, and they close the door really yeah. quick. They're like, "No, he's upstairs." Yeah, and they're like, "Al hmm. Batman, Al Batman, he's upstairs." Al <laughs> Batman. Yeah. So he goes up there, and he sees like these criminals who are tied up. And he's like, what the? And they got the burn mark on him and everything mm-hmm. like that. And he's like looking around. He's got the shotgun. And then he looks up in the corner. And there's Batman like, hello. He jumps down. <laughs> Boo. Boo. And, and then he he's jumps like, around. He's like, he almost shoots his partner. And right. It's like, it's, and he's like, they go talk about how when he gives the criminals this bat burn, like, it's like a death sentence in the prison. Yeah, like, he's branding like pedophiles and stuff. Yeah, and he's and then, like slayer, right. like sex traders, uh, yeah. uh, sex peddlers, and things like that. And it's like it's fairly interesting and so then you see this is the start of kind of superman clark kent like no we should be helping people not you know branding criminals and this sort of this this that's the part of the movie that i where it really starts falling apart for me is why superman doesn't like batman like he doesn't like his methods we get that but why doesn't he like his methods like right what's there that was never fully explained right that's the one of the biggest problems i have with this movie is that there's no it for for the fact that it's called batman v superman dawn of justice <laughs> colon dawn of justice there's no colon 
that that the V part is yeah. never really justified. It's never really <clears throat> set up. I mean, well, from a plot standpoint, yeah, we talked about you know he's like. You know, yeah. Batman's mad at this Superman sucks. because he blew up uh, his building. So, thematically, I think the, the, the issue, the question is that, basically, I mean, that's what we're talking about, is why are they even fighting? You know, the idea should be, and I think the movie posits that they have sort of fundamental philosophical differences yeah. when it comes to justice, when it comes to um, the role of the hero, when it comes to how to um, how to dispense justice, how to fight crime, that kind of thing. And we've only you know, really hit like the first 15 minutes of this movie. Batman <laughs> says, I guess what they're going for is Batman sees Superman as reckless. Yes. He is a disregard for... Which I don't think anybody would have would disagree with that at all. No, no, not at all, because that's... Absolutely because that's 100% a, right, yeah. Well, and, and that's how this movie is almost like a, a, a literal reaction to every, Man, yeah, every, what everyone said about Man of Steel, which is like, oh my God, like something actually from Man of Steel that of all the things that we talked about um, within Man of Steel in our angry Man of Steel episode two weeks ago, we, we never actually touched on this. There's, a, there's During the big fight scene in metropolis on the ground one of zod's guys throws like a truck at superman now the truck's not gonna hurt superman as we learn when not the batmobile really. crashes into superman right yeah it wasn't gonna do anything what should superman have done probably either just let the truck hit him because it wouldn't have done anything or what, what does superman normally do he would grab he would catch the truck Right, yeah. midair, and then he would like fly off, and then he would like set it down in a field or something, or he would hang it up from a flagpole. Yeah, <laughs> the truck for some reason. What does he do in Man of Steel? He jumps out of the way for no reason because it wouldn't hurt him, and it crashes into a building presumably filled with people, and takes out like the bottom like three or four floors of that building, building killing how many people? So Batman's right. Superman is reckless. Yeah. I mean, right? He has no regard for sort of the collateral damage. He he wants to save people, and he kind of is getting that over the course of this movie, but he's bad at it. He's really he's bad really at really it. He's really bad at it. But the flip side, but where Batman's coming from, I mean, this is a Batman who's torturing people for information, He's branding people like a psychopath. He's walking away from Alfred mid-conversation. He's crazy. Yeah. You know, whither comes, like, this high horse that Batman's finding himself on? Like, they're, like, it's, how can you have this argument where these two characters are saying, no, I'm... I'm in the right, right. and you know, the other one's saying no. I'm in the right when they're both very, very clearly in the wrong. And that's and that's the problem is is that I, I I hate to armchair quarterback it, but you have to establish your heroes as both being in the right, <laughs> right before you could have them say to the other persons like this is going from it from like a really ass backwards way of right. saying no. I you're I'm in the right. No, I'm in the right. No, you're wrong. I'm right. Yeah. No, you're wrong. I'm right. No, you're both wrong and there's such a built-in way to play this too because we're very used to that conversation i mean just even focus on the torture thing i mean that's a very clearly obvious like easy to write built-in narrative moral crux because we talk about that which we're talking about that still because our planet is insane yeah 
and we're talking about when can you torture people, you know, instead of just saying, why are we having this conversation? We're actually having the conversation. And Batman, I understand, could be that guy who's like, they had it in The Dark Knight. Yeah. That's what The Dark Knight is about. Now, if you factor, you take that same crux or similar crux and you factor in this Superman who ideally should be this character of moral cert you know just certain to certainty whatever certitude uh, certaintyitude um you don't you you can have that conversation and those characters can have that well, conversation yeah, and you and you can establish superman as repentive for what he did during man of steel like yeah oh crap I right. didn't know, you know, I wasn't in control of my powers. This was my first time doing this. It was against this evil person. He's trying to do better, and he's trying to make himself a better hero. Um, but he's not. No. There's none of that. The only thing they do is they um, awkwardly go out of their way several times to say, oh, good, we're fighting in a area that's not populated. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess. Okay, so let's, let's <laughs> say keep going. that like six times. So let's let's keep going with it. So right. meanwhile, Batman learns that um so Batman uh learns that the, there's this uh the the bad guy who shoots up all the people at the beginning is at a fight club and he's trying to get information off of him about this thing called the White Portuguese. It's supposedly a right. dirty bomb that's going to be coming into Gotham. Right. He thinks the White Portuguese is a person, and yeah. the person's in head of this organization. I, you know, I thought all Portuguese people were white, but I could be mistaken. Nah. <laughs> just, I just. I guess not in. Yeah. Uh, it's like like saying the DC verse. Yeah, I don't. Know. It's like saying, saying white Italian. Yeah, like right? a white Italian. Yeah. Hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, oh, hey, oh. <laughs> So anyway, he he's trying to get this. Um, he, he, so he, he's able to clone. It's a kind of a fun scene too because you get to see Bruce Wayne kind of being Bruce Wayne. Like he's at this fight club. He's a rich guy, and it's obviously like kind of like a very underground thing where a, a bunch of like well, yeah, not very people. legal. Yeah, very not, sort of Mandingo esque. Yeah. Although one of the fighters is white, so it's but it's kind less of a cool racist thing. than it could be. I so guess. The, the fighter comes over and he like he gets knocked back to Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne whispers something into his ear, and the guy immediately goes up and. As the guy's throwing a punch, he, th- he knocks him out. Yeah, he gave him a tip. Yeah. So it, was, it must have been like, you know, when he does this, he's going <laughs> right. to... When he winks his eye, this... he's going to... He's like Glass Joe in right. Mike Tyson's punch out. The secret to winning is punching the guy harder <laughs> till he falls down. And then he's like, thanks, Batman. <laughs> How did you know? Uh, so yeah, he gets... he. He, he ends up... He does some very sort of high-tech... Yeah, he clones the Batman guy's phone. detective yeah. work. It's not even, it's not detective, even detective work. work. It's just straight up using gizmos. It's James Bond work, yeah. really, is what it is. Um, so he's able to track it down. He finds, oh, Lex is up. That's Lex Luthor. He's up to something. Calling okay. that Lex Luthor guy with crazy hair. Yeah, I gotta go. Someone gotta, needs to shave that off. I gotta go to his head. I gotta go to his, his house and steal his information. <laughs> and then Jeremy Irons, of course... Playing Alfred in one of the best cinematic Alfreds of all time, mm. probably better than Michael Caine. I like I like both Michael Caine and Jeremy Irons about equally as Alfred, but I like Jeremy Irons. He's a little more fun. Yeah, I like the way Jeremy Irons plays it. I don't like the way that Jeremy Irons is portrayed as first of all uh, with a five o'clock shadow, which even if he's super busy, I feel like Jeremy Irons would shave. Alfred Pennyworth would be would yeah. be cleaned up, right? Yeah. Um, and then secondly, I, I don't like how he's he just does everything like he's in the middle of like inventing groundbreaking new technology <laughs> himself clearly has like 
this incredibly advanced education, and then he's also like, and here's your tea and sandwich, Master <laughs> Way. Like, dude, yeah. you are not paying him enough. Well, Let's get some more help around... Uh, I, yeah, I mean, that, that could be office, the that could be a, office. a whole thing, but I just, I love the, the portrayal. I love his irons is good. He's, he's one of the few people yeah. who has any comedic lines in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame that Batman doesn't ever listen to him. No, he doesn't. But that's just, that's always in every Batman movie though. That's, that's Nolan took a lot of what, uh, Michael Caine said, or, no, uh, Christian Bale took a lot of what, Michael Caine said to hearts. He didn't no, always he did. Im- implement it right away, but it always made an impact on him. This guy, Affleck just walks away a lot <laughs> and goes yeah, to take a nap, but presumably. Let's, let's, let's be fair. Let's he's give very, this, he's very old. Let's give this a little bit of leeway. He Sleepy. had like four lines in this entire movie. And uh, yeah. well, let's give let's give him some let's give him some leeway. Let's see what he what he does when we actually get a Batman movie. Let's see how that goes. But from yeah. what I saw in this movie, I love the hell out of his performance. Sure, yeah, All right. it was like the it's like he's fine. What does he say? Uh, I hope that you leave some wine for the. I hope there's something in the wine cellar for future Wayne generations. Not like there's ever going to be one, you oh. know. Oh yeah, there's this weird recurring joke about like why isn't Bruce Wayne settling down and having a family? Yeah, he makes a joke about like someone making him respectable, and he's like, "In your dreams, Alfred." Like he quotes himself, you know, and then he drinks a scotch or something. <laughs> like just a I, weird. It's it's weird, it's... grisly, sassy Alfred. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's like a B. Arthur Alfred. <laughs> what i want i wanted b arthur to play alfred how about that <laughs> um in the meantime and meanwhile we you know so they go to the the big you know there's a couple other scenes there's one where amy adams in the bathtub playing lois lane in a really weird scene where you think you see some nipple yeah, um, come very close that we'll was see weird about that three hour uh, r-rated director's cut everyone i saw this movie how with, long that sex scene goes on. I maybe saw, it's just another 30 minutes of that sex scene i saw that movie with three other guys and i think simultaneously all three of us kind of turned to each other and say did we just see a nipple? Did, did we just see a nipple in a Batman? Yeah, she Superman like movie? leans forward and it's yeah. just like, whoa, whoa, that's a straight up. That's a that's a that's a that's a boob. I, yeah, but it's it's so <laughs> weird. Like I was like, did we see a nipple? It's like it's it's weird. It's yeah. it's not it's it's probably not. It's PG thirteen. I'm it gonna is, say probably yeah. not. Uh, probably not either. I'm sure she was wearing pasties or something in there, you yeah. know, so that you wouldn't see it. But it was just kind of like enough that I was like. I feel very uncomfortable seeing nudity in my Superman versus Batman movie. Uh, or Batman v. Supes. It is what it is. Supes. Um, yeah, they have this weird scene. And, it, you know, it's it's establishing the relationship between Clark and Lois. It's trying to. Very trying to. Un, it's very underserved. It's not a bad relationship. I think it's better than sort of the clumsy, where the, the typical, where she's really in love with Superman and Clark is into her, but he can't reveal who it is. Like, it's easier to just... Get all, dispense with all of that because in this movie everyone knows who everyone is. Yeah, there's there's no reason to have a secret identity in this movie. Yeah, I guess it's 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 so baffling how everyone. And then of course we get to we let's talk about Lex Luthor, um, Jesse Eisenberg, mm-hmm. founder uh, of Facebook, founder of Facebook, playing Head the Rid- Lex Corp, playing playing the Riddler, playing <laughs> Lex Luthor, Mark Zuckerberg as Lex Luthor, as the Riddler, as Lex Luthor. I. I was fine with him. I was fine with him. He was very kooky. Um, There was a. There was clearly this. He's very unstable. There was an, you know, an unstable quality there that worked. I thought. I thought he had fun with it. He was one of the few 
act. Every I should say this: everyone's good in this movie. Yeah, what they have to do and say in this movie isn't necessarily very good, but everyone is good at what they're given. So there's there's a line in the trailer uh, about. Uh, Holly Hunter has a Senator Holly Hunter has a scene with with Lex, yeah. where, where she's trying to. I, I couple think, scenes. It's very well, weird. Well, he's trying to get. Uh, he wants the body of General Zod. Mm-hmm. He wants, and he wants the the kryptonite, kryptonite that and he was wants, found. Yeah, there was a there's a and the scene one in, senator yeah. gives him Zod and gives him the spaceship, yeah. but then she's blocking access to the kryptonite. The kryptonite. Yeah, because they're aboard the white Portuguese, which we find out is a ship. Yeah, because there's a <laughs> because there's a crash world engine in the Indian Ocean that obviously no one has claimed because there's this advanced alien technology in the <laughs> right. middle of the ocean that it's just nah, sitting there. No reason. It's just sitting there. Yeah, we got the uh, we got the other one. Yeah, yeah. No, they're 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 aware of uh, the Chinese are there at least. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not like it's hard to find. Yeah. It's sitting there. And there's a bunch of like people from Vanuatu like f- floating out there getting it. <laughs> right. Or the Seychelles. The Seychelles are right kids, there. A yeah. couple of kids just grabbing it. The Maldives are fl- floating down there getting it. The Maldivians are getting down there. And they're like, oh, we got this kryptonite. And so they ship it over. And no, but like, there's this line where, where Lex says, you know, oh, what does he say? You know what the... The the biggest, the biggest line, line in America, American yeah. Yeah, is that uh, what is it? Power, power you know, can be innocent. I don't remember because yeah, because he actually says. I think he says a different yeah. line later. It's, but what it's I, weird. So I was like, that's a really stupid line. Yeah, that's what I said when I first heard. It. I'm like, that's a stupid line. That's really like that's like something like I would have said in college. I like the idea that that's like one of your. I, I guess I, it, uh, I guess it underscores how bad the dialogue is. That it's just like. Well, I mean, get, that's a line that stands out in a sea. Of there's no, no, there's a ton of bad dialogue. Line. But it's like it's one of Lex's lines. And I'm just gonna, I want to make this point on Lex. It was where he says that, and I'm like, that's something I would have said in college when I thought I was like, you know, I was reading Descartes and thinking I was smart for reading Descartes. Yeah. However, that just underscores Lex's character is that he's essentially a very smart college, a kid who's read a bunch of philosophy. He yeah. thinks he knows best. He makes. He non-stop read, pop culture references yeah. as well. Like he makes a lot of references and he mixes a lot of references yeah. as well because it you get the sense that there's so much sort of in his head right now that he doesn't yeah. really have the capacity to sort of deal with. And yeah, he lords it over people because and, he's And so that's why I think I think it was interesting as a, He's probably also a men's rights activist. I'll just say Red it. Pillar, yeah. Yeah. She's like, that guy didn't actually advocate rape. He was actually talking about how... No, 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 no. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, no, he's... But that's, what, but that's exactly it, is like that line gave me an insight into his character. And I, don't, I think it, it may have gone over my head if I wasn't actually actively paying attention to it, is that, oh, he doesn't actually mean that. Well, it doesn't actually mean that like the script isn't trying to say something it's saying more about his character mm. than actually making a statement okay i'm gonna take it that way i mean I'll buy that uh, you know snyder could because take he a- does because he says i'm fairly certain I, I may be wrong on this but i'm fairly certain that he has another scene later like right before he explodes holly hunter and everyone else he says something similar but i think he says a different line yeah. he says the greatest line in america is some different thing yeah so it's 
He's yeah. not even consistent. Like his own internal sort of rhetoric isn't consistent. Yeah. It's whatever it needs to be in the moment to to achieve whatever goal he's trying to accomplish. And and of course we we with Lex we a don't learn why he doesn't like Batman. That's not explained at all. No, I I, I have that written down as well because I because he wants I, Superman to kill Batman. But I think the only reason why he wants Superman to go fight Batman is because he thinks yeah. Batman is going to kill Superman with the stolen kryptonite. Let's right. Let's let's try to unpack Lex Luthor's plan because I don't understand what Lex Luthor's plan was. So basically, he's going to shoot a missile into the San Andreas Fault. <laughs> let's just be fair to this movie. This he is the first time Lex Luthor this. shows up in a Superman movie where his his whole plan does not revolve around real estate. <laughs> I guess so. I get that he's punishing Superman, or yes. he wants to punish Superman, because he wants to punish God for ignoring him when he, I guess, he was abused as a kid. He, he alludes to that. Yeah. Um, he was lonely. You know, he's got, you know, his, his mental health problems. He He's mad at God for that. Okay. He can't literally punish God. God, but there's Superman. Superman is the closest thing that we'll actually have to there's a God that we can actually look at and talk to and interact with. So I'm going to punish him because that's what, you know, that's I'm taking I, yeah. all of this out on him. I guess he wants to kill Batman because Batman stole the kryptonite from him. Um, I, Maybe, but... I, Batman think, stole the kryptonite to kill Superman, which is exactly what he wants. So, so he sets up the fight. I th- he okay. coordinates in making the fight happen, but the fight was on its way to happening anyway. Okay, title so, of the damn movie. <laughs> he didn't read the script. No, I think I get. <laughs> I don't think he's actually mad at Batman. I think he's using Batman as a way to punish Superman. So, in order to get Superman killed, he has. Two things to do. He one, Batman will do it with the Kryptonite spear that he creates, and the Kryptonite gas. Like he's going to kill Superman that way by making Batman or Bruce Wayne so violently mad at Superman that that he knows that if he confronts, if he's able to get them to fight each other, Superman uh, and Batman will kill Superman. And if that doesn't happen, he has the Doomsday thing. Now. <laughs> The, the on reserve on reserve he has a giant poo. So monster. in order to get Bat- Superman to fight Batman and not just be like, dude, come on, I'm not going to fight you. Right. He kidnaps Superman's mother, Martha Kent. <laughs> right. And uh, and holds her hostage and says, if you don't bring me Batman's head, I'm going to kill her. So the whole end game was just to get Superman to confront Batman, get Batman the necessary things he needed to fight Superman, a.k.a. the kryptonite. Um, yeah. And so that way he can set it all in motion. Now, before we even get there, um, Lex is having a big party at his house. Yes. And, of course, Bruce Wayne has to go down and hack into his computer system, which is just <laughs> right. down, which is in the kitchen, apparently. Yeah, it's across the street from the kitchen. Yeah. Or across the street. Across the hall from the kitchen. It's actually, there's a secret. It's where he put it. There's a secret entrance to the library through there. You could literally see the kitchen from the server room. Yeah. Like, that doesn't really speak to security yeah because there's the protocol because isn't that this no wait that's a different scene where he saves the girl in the in the the fireworks factory or whatever's going on in mexico but he's, he's about to find the fireworks factory he's a, <laughs> he's following right clark is following bruce because he can hear 
yeah. Alfred's voice, and he's like, that's super weird. He doesn't really know what's up yet, but he knows that that's yeah. weird, and he starts following, but then he gets distracted by... The the the, the 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 thing that's happening in Mexico, I'm sure there again, I'm sure there are like thousands of people all around the world who could have used stuff. Yeah. But he happens to see this one. The only reason yeah. that this girl gets saved is because Clark Ken happens to walk by a, a television. TV. Yeah. So I don't know what that says about God and man. Uh, well, we'll get into at that. All, but... but so, so Bruce is trying to steal this information by hacking into there, and then we meet this mysterious woman. Yeah, mystery yes. woman. And I like how Bruce pulls up to um, with an accent. Yeah, how, how Bruce she pulls has up an exotic accent. Bruce Wayne drives the tiniest cars in this movie. I was going to ask you about the car he takes to that party because he uncovers it and they zoom in. On, I think it's a like the a car. Is it like it's like a coupe of some sort? Like, is it like a is it modeled after like an early Batmobile I think or something? I think it's, I think that's what it is. It's got to be a reference because they literally show you like the 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 little it's I a, don't know it's a cars. Nissan Bat. The <laughs> I don't know cars. The logo yeah, on the front I, of the I car. Don't, I, don't, I don't. I'm not a car guy either. Yeah, rooms. <laughs> but yeah, it did not have a. It did yeah. look like it but had a, a lot of tiny little cars. Like do, yeah. do, 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 do. it's like a clown car. Right, and Affleck in this movie, you know, weighs two seventy. I mean, you know he's what I mean? Of pure muscle. Yeah. I don't he's know how he gets shirts movie. that fit. And he's uh, all custom. He's a billionaire. He's yeah, exactly. I get it. It's not like he's going to men's warehouse and buying off the rack, Kevin. Um. So yeah, he, true. And this mysterious woman who's like, "Hello, Mister Mister Wayne, <laughs> I can't do." You have never met a, a woman like me. <laughs> it's and it's actually kind of a fun scene. I mean, she's uh, Gal Gadot is, and that's Wonder Woman, of course. Yes. Gal Gadot is is wonderful. Well, in Gadot this movie. is it's Gadot. I think I've heard Gadot a lot. Well, I'm waiting to hear Gadot. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm waiting for Gadot to get her own movie, which she will. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, you, I've always heard of Gadot, so I'm gonna say Gadot. Okay. But Dark. she she's she's very enjoyable in this movie for like the five seconds she's in it. She's not in it a lot. Yeah, and she's she actually acts very well off of Affleck and a uh, a very veteran actor who's done a couple good really good roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a very fun scene. It's this very it's kind of reminiscent of Dark Knight Rises with Bale and, yeah, and I, Selena Kyle. I definitely got shades of that, and and I like that he says like I've known a lot of women like you, and he's not even necessarily referring to that she would have a secret Wonder identity, woman. but. But he knows that something's up with her. Like, yeah. clearly there's... I mean, because she went and stole his thing. Like, obviously she's up to something, and he wants to know what it is, but he has no idea what he's dealing with. Yeah. He's dealing with a straight-up Amazon. He's dealing with a Themyscira Not very tall for an Amazon. They're supposed to be, like, eight feet tall. Eh, well, they're also only supposed to have one boob, Kevin. So That's actually a good point. <laughs> so, we're, we're pretty good there. They also uh, have free shipping. <laughs> free two-day shipping. Free oh, no, wait, that's Amazon's Prime. I'm, uh, <laughs> <hi-oh>. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they go off and do their own separate thing. And that you know, and meanwhile, Scoot McNary, who climbs up on the Superman statue, and he's like... Yeah, he's mad at Superman. Because he lost he's his legs. He's the quintessential... Oh, God, I did not like that whole character. He's that quintessential, we're trying to do that thing where he's the... Anyone... Any 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 down on their luck person, uh, and I don't want this doesn't say anything about my religious affiliations whatsoever. Yeah. But he's anyone who's had a you know bad something break. bad a bad break right. Yeah. He lost both of his legs, 
in the, you know, he's anyone who's mad at God about that and is being real surly and see, taking d- it, trying to take it out on someone. D- I see. Now, I took it a little differently. I took it as almost a political statement. Um, like, he's one of those guys that, like, like the factory closes because of some, like, EPA thing. And so he's out of work. He's he, he's mad at the government. It could be that too. Yeah. It's, it's anyone who feels. And, and I, I mean, and this, I it understand. goes a little bit more to the Judeo-Christian thing because this movie right. covers a lot of it. But I kind of see him as like just raging against the machine is what he's it's, doing. It's any of that, and 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 I think it it is tied together because you've got the whole God thing going on, and then you've also got I I think is there even a line in this movie where they say something like every action is political or something uh, like they that? They say or a lot of maybe crap that, in this Maybe movie. that's from a different movie. But uh, <laughs> You're watching Primary Colors again. <laughs> maybe. It's a good movie. But there's... So there's a little bit of that. It's, it's anyone yeah. feeling sort of helpless. I mean, I, getting back to something we were talking about before, but I, I like the idea... I like the first hour of this movie setting up and asking, even if it doesn't... Ask if, if it asks them rather clumsily, and it never really resolves any of them. Like I like the idea that it was ha- that the movie is trying to have that conversation about if you're in a world where in a world, <laughs> I thank you for doing it, so I didn't have to. Where characters like this exist, superheroes, or as they'll call them, metahumans. I hate, that word. I hate that word so much. Well, get used to it. Oh, I- Hate that word. I think that's what metahumans. Like, I think that's what Justice League is going to be called. What does metahumans even mean? They're self-aware. They're making (laughs) self-references. Self-referential. Just self-referential humans. (laughs) They break the fourth wall. Um, (laughs) It's exactly it. It's like Deadpool is a metahuman. This is. Oh, and by the way, I love the fact that. Like what? A month after Deadpool comes out, they have a movie where the first appearance of Superman, he does the superhero landing. Oh, sure. Like that's yeah. that's how meta we've become is that yeah. they self-reference before the reference happens. <laughs> but I like the idea that if you're in this world where these characters exist, you have to wonder as a regular person, yeah, what is up with that like you you're hey that's superman what's up with that <laughs> what's up with uh, superheroes what's up with metahumans what's the deal with metahumans you've, so got... you've seen the superman guy right you know these so he took down all his buildings. that doesn't sound quite super to me you know what would be super <laughs> getting a marble rye in under five minutes at the deli <laughs> you single-handedly have to wait all this time to get your marble rye you gotta take a ticket. You gotta wait for your number to get called. And you know the person in front of you is gonna order like six things, and you just want that marble rye! Diana, you need to rein in your husband. <laughs> this has gone off the rails. We do not have this kind of time. Craver <laughs> <laughs> comes God. in. I don't it's even like, have anywhere to go from that. It's fine. I think we should just take a break. We'll cut it. Have you I'll seen play the ba- a clip from the movie or Have you seen Seinfeld. that Batman, Jerry? Have you seen the Batman? He's the Dark Knight. No, dark no. Knight. <laughs> oh, Dark Knight, Mark Knight. Superman is the answer. No, no, Jerry. It's all about Batman. He comes in. You don't know. He cuts things up behind you and then you're done. You're done, Jerry. You're done. <laughs> you make your own pie. Anyway, <laughs> um... That's what it would be, because it's like New York. It'd be the New Yorkers talking about Superman. God. 
That's what this movie does to us. <laughs> we are the metahumans. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> That's the moral of the story, is that we are the metahumans. <laughs> I think the whole tangent is because of the fact that you said it, they call them metahumans. And I remember yeah. saying that to myself like a couple right. days ago, like, what's that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's that's what they go. That's what they go with. Yeah. Well, it was, it was funny because I, I saw this with my wife, and and we watched The Flash, and she knows even less about comic books than I do, which is obviously yeah. not saying much. And she kind of like looked at me because she <laughs> knows that word from The Flash, and she's like, "Is that?" And I was like, "Yes, it's all it's all a rich tapestry. It's all, <laughs> it's all the same thing." Yeah, you know, and that's the th- and that's the thing too is like it's it's like in a it's it's like almost in a a zombie movie where they won't say the Z word. Um, right. Yeah. Don't say the Z word. Right. Um, they, they won't say superheroes. Yeah. They won't say superheroes. Right. I mean, and although I, I wouldn't either because neither of these idiots are heroes. Well, I mean, yeah. Ex- oh, yeah. That's true. I wouldn't you use know, the word. They're super people. Super fellas. Super super friends. They're well, um, no, yeah. Well, they and and like later in X Men, they're mutants or or Homo Superior. Um, in 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 the Marvel movies. No homo. <laughs> Hashtag, um, in the in the in the Marvel movies, they're uh, inhumans. That's that's the that's the word for superpowered oh. human beings. Inhumans, hmm. um, and, and like here, it's like metahumans. It's like no, just say superheroes. Come on, people. They have capes, for God's sake. Yeah, it's not like they can super. Like, is this like is this like a, a um, um Watchmen where the superhero comics never existed? Like. I guess. So I mean, nobody stupid. nobody talks about him. Um, but yes, they they do. And that's like the 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 Scoot McNary character. We're getting back to that. Let's get back on track. Uh, right. I mean, I, I think we we know where I was going with it. But the yeah. idea of like how helpless you are, you you simultaneously benefit from being you know saved. You know, having Superman come and like fight off the aliens that are about to destroy yeah. Earth. But you're also, you know, completely at their mercy. Comple- yeah, like it's kind of like when you suckle at the teat of the government. What does that do to private industry, Kevin? <laughs> Find out in Zack Snyder's The Fountainhead, <laughs> coming in 2019, I guess. Oh, yeah, we won't go there. No, we're going to uh, that. Must um, we? Yeah, because people who like Ayn Rand need to grow up need to stop yeah uh but yeah it's so scoot mcnary's character he's he's rescued by lex luther you know he sees he's like ooh, this could be a good opportunity well he's not really rescued so much he gives as him a scooty he gives him a neat chair yeah. filled with bombs <laughs> so holly hunter decides to have this big thing where she wants superman to come speak at the capitol mm-hmm. it's this big deal superman shows up and there's there's scoot mcnary and his yeah. And it, it, you know, Come and confront people who have been hurt by, well, specifically, I guess, yeah. who were hurt by the whole Metropolis Listen, thing. Yeah, the thing in Africa. And he shows up, and he's about to and then he's about deliver to, his State of the Union. And Scoot McNary Scooter, well, first of all, Holly Hunter gets to see a jar full of pee. This is the first appearance yeah. of urine in any superhero movie, as far as I can tell. Oh, I, I'm not 100% sure on that. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm sure, like, Rorschach collected his own urine, but yeah, you know, probably. But I mean, this is the first real you see a jar full of pee, yeah. grandma's sweet tea, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. It's based off of a country bumpkin reference that she she makes earlier. Yeah, yeah. A, a very sort of House of Cards esque reference. It really was. It was. <laughs> it was like strangely House of Cards. I'm like, why isn't Kevin Spacey playing this character instead of Holly Hunter? Um, but yeah, the 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 hover the Scooby Puff Junior explodes and. uh 
And I'm like, oh, they're going to do something great with this. They're going to blame this on Superman. I'm like, oh, that's kind of clever, blaming it on Superman then. Because the world doesn't know. And then, like, two seconds later on TV, they're like, we learned that the bombs were inside Scoot McNary's wheelchair. <laughs> right. Because Scoot yeah. McNary is not a real name. That's got obviously I the mean, name of the character. Right, yeah. They do try to come up with that. You, you actually get Nancy Grace on TV, a, another person in a long parade of, of awful people playing themselves. Central City, you're on the air. Saying, you know, if he's not, if he wasn't to blame, then where is he? And it's like, I don't know that that sentence makes any sense. That's why they got Nancy Grace to deliver it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't see Andy C- Anderson Cooper uh, spouting that nonsense. He just takes his saying. shirt off slowly on yeah, screen. Yeah, he does. Uh- <laughs> Who did someone I'll go on like it. the View or something like that? Who went on? The I would view? have no idea. Uh, it was one of those shows. Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember. Yeah, but it's just like, ugh. This is, I don't like, know. I work during the day. I don't, I don't watch the View. All those, all of those like daytime talk shows that they tried to make it so it looked realistic, just like graded on me completely yeah. in this movie. Um, and, yeah. So, but then we learn. So Superman is like out in hiding, and so now Lex's plan can go into effect. Well, Batman. Drives his, steals a kryptonite in a car chase scene with the Batmobile, which I kind of liked. It was a kind of neat yeah. scene. Really nice little I action it. sequence. I liked the uh, the bat, uh, the the Batmobile yeah. sort of. Superman stops him. The yep. Batmobile rams into Superman, bounces off. That was neat because it goes through so many things. It goes through a brick wall. It crashes in all the other cars. It does. It sets that a up ship really well. Falls on it, and. <laughs> Which it gotta go out of your way to set that the up. SS, he drew through the SS Minnow, and, yeah. and he explodes out of it, and it was very cool. And then he bumps into Superman, and it just the Batmobile explodes. explodes. Basically, it's, it just crashes. I remember, I remember seeing that and being like, "Wow, they set that up really yeah, well." Yeah, that was fun. That and was then, a neat. It would have been even scene. better if we didn't see it in the previews. Um, <laughs> and the Superman lifts it off, and he's just like, "You, you go be Batman. You don't go be Batman anymore." And Batman's like, do you bleed? And he's like, what does that even mean? Well, that's my favorite part where Batman goes, do you bleed? And then Batman, and then Superman flies away and he's like, you will. Yeah, you will. You better fly away. <laughs> Jerk. Stupid Superman. Like, douche pants. And, you know, and he's not super hearing. You know he heard that. Yeah. I kind of wanted Superman to come back and be it's, like, what, you what did you say? Excuse me? I didn't quite catch that. And he's nothing. <laughs> No, there's a lot of people yelling stuff out here. It's like, no, he says, nothing. And then Superman's like, all right. He flies away. He goes, yeah, it's what you're going to become. Nothing. <laughs> oh, I just dropped my mic. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, it's like, I was, it was, it's a cool, it's kind of a cool scene, but it's like in the, in the, the, and of course that's, it's because Batman is chasing the truck that's full of kryptonite and like the truck shows up at LexCorp and it's just like completely sheared in half. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of neat that we didn't actually see that because he was like, they got away. Yeah. And then, but the tracker was on it. So he's like, okay, I know where it ended up. So I'll just go get it. Yeah. And we don't see that. And I, and I kind of like that. Like, yeah. And just the- because we had that big action sequence, you know, he's going to go get it. Like, they're yeah. no match for Batman. So then, yeah, yeah. Lex shows up but- and he's just like, okay. Yeah. There's it's a- gone. But it's kind of, it's kind of great because you get to see the whole. Like there's a couple sequences that happen now because now it's the lead up to the big fight. One, Lex Luthor cuts his hand and puts the body of General Zod into toilet water. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, little squids floating around. Yeah, it's like it. really gross looking. I'm like, yeah, yeah, 
I wouldn't go. I've, I've, he I don't puts do plumbing. The, the wax sculpture of <laughs> General Zod of Michael Shannon. <laughs> Michael, he puts the he puts the nude wax sculpture of Michael. And you know Zack Snyder put a wiener on that. You know he did. <laughs> Dumps him into the toilet water and or or the the sewer of, uh-huh. of the ship. And he's like, it's like, oh, it's abomination. We're not supposed to do that. You no. know who's the voice of the computer? Who? Carla Gugino. Was it really? Yeah. Nice. Another Watchmen that reference. Yeah. yeah. Lots of Watchmen in this movie. Yeah. Patrick Wilson's the president. He is the president. Yeah. I did hear that. Yes. God have mercy on us. Cool stuff. Yeah. And so, the, yeah. So, it's like, he's going to create Doomsday. And we know he's going to create Doomsday because they put it in the GD trailer. Yeah. Um. Mm. And... So bad, but I, I had that moment where after they finally sort of fought, and then we were kind of wrapping up, and they saved Martha Wayne, and then I remembered the Doomsday thing, and I was like, oh my god, we haven't even seen that yet. There's still 30 minutes left of this movie. Uh, okay, so then, um, so Batman steals the kryptonite, um, you, he, and of course he lets Lex know that he stole the kryptonite because he leaves a battering in there. <laughs> you should also he left- wanted him to know. Yeah. Um, he wanted him to know, you know, it's like... He also, he peed, Batman was here, <laughs> uh, just all over the floor. Like, yeah, that's right. This movie would have been a lot better if Batman talked to himself more. It's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Take that, Lex. He says, <laughs> Batman was here. Like, well, then you warm. will love the Lego Batman movie. He's going to step in this warm pee. Because that's exactly what it <laughs> yeah. is. Oh, I can't Minus wait Minus the pee. I don't yeah. think it'll be that With adult. Will Arnett, it's great. Yes. Um, yeah, and then Batman decides to, like, Start training while listening to Work Into the Limit, you know, like Work Into the Limit. He's like oh doing CrossFit God. lifting. Batman is doing this workout routine where he, we learn that he hates tires almost as much as he hates <laughs> Superman. I mean, he's doing everything outside of punching meat. It's very the image of him beating the tire with a sledgehammer <laughs> was the greatest, like the single greatest, like oh, metaphor he, for this whole movie. I, I thought it, I thought you meant it was this. It was like the exact shot that you see on Atlas Shrugged, the cover of Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> Isn't it? That's like the cover of Atlas Shrugged. I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, Atlas. I mean, it's just the idea of yeah. Atlas, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's 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 a good looking guy. I mean, I, I would kill to have a body like Ben that's Affleck. Bad, in this that's movie. Affleck. It's Batfleck. You don't have to kill you just have to uh have the money to not have to work and then you can just hire like a crazy personal trainer and also do a lot of steroids probably and get a tire i'm gonna just guess that there were steroids involved probably i mean so let's get to the fight okay so yeah they get get into a fight so we 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 set up why they're fighting um you know batman's got his robo suit robo batman yeah i talk like a robot version of this I ain't going to not like that. Batman smoked three packs a day for 25 years. Um, Menthols. Well, this, no, this was okay, the thing so, that made me so mad. because Hold up, hold up. Before we get right. to that, right? So, to speed it up, Lex kidnaps Martha uh, Martha Kent. Right. And, and so he bribes Superman. He, and then he kidnaps Lois Lane in a weird thing that looks a lot like the Donner Superman because she was going on a helicopter on the roof of the Daily Planet building. Very much uh-huh. like the Donner Superman. Sure. Um, and then he, so he kidnaps her, takes her over to LexCorp, pushes her off so that he can summon Superman. Superman comes and saves her. I mean, does he have like a tracking device on Lois Lane? Like, I don't know. What's the deal with that? Also, Superman goes, while well, he's in his hiatus, goes on a mountaintop and sees a vision of his father who oh tells God. him a story about how he drowned horses because... More dream sequences. Yeah. We, oh, we talk, talk about, about the, Batman's the, crazy the, dream sequence with the with the bug people. Okay. Well, we, well, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Because that one really, A, had nothing to do with this movie, and B, I think... Uh, we have to... Because it's all set up, yeah, right? Yeah, it's all set up. It's so, set yeah. up for future 
garbage movies we're going to have to sit through and talk about. So it pushes about. Lois Lane down. Lo- he, Superman saves <laughs> Lois Lane. Superman flies up. Lex says, if you don't kill Batman, I'm going to kill your mama. Yeah. And Superman's like, you won't touch my mama. <laughs> touch my mama. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we're going to kill Batman. <laughs> okay, I'm going to kill Batman. Don't touch my mom. So he goes and he gets the Batman. Yeah. And, and Batman is like hitting the but bat signal. Yeah. Right. At first, he doesn't. He he. Okay. So he lands and then he's like, "Hey, all right, Batman, listen, look, I got to tell you what's up." And Batman, you know, sets like a trap for her with like sonic blasters. Yeah. And then he gets out of those and he's like, "Okay, no, all right, Batman, seriously, I have to tell you about." And then machine guns come out and start shooting at him which is all a distraction to lead up to batman's got smoke bomb kryptonite yeah which is kind of cool kind of liked it it was fine he does that superman gets weakened and he's like all right fine it's on yeah it's on we're gonna do this and then the fight happens and that is when the movie dies for me because for all of the setup of this is the crux of the movie it was the worst 10 minutes of the movie up to that point because the worst 10 minutes were actually part of the worst like 20 minutes that was the whole doomsday thing the worst 10 minutes prior to that because i liked the whole first i, I mean it was clunky the dialogue was a little stilted um but everyone was really good in it it asked some good questions there were some good things going on the fight was here's what it is. Zack Snyder can't shoot action. Well, no well, action. Does yeah. not have a sense for action. Think about all of the action scenes what you like about action in movies. Let let me This is shaky cam nonsense. It's close-ups of people falling down. It, let me, it's yeah. nothing. He he has difficulty in this movie filming a one-on-one fight. Like, I think that's the problem. It's like, okay, so in normal normal fighting, like the Snyder generally does very well in, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to distract the eye. There's a lot to pull in the eye and pull in the view. But what he has here is he has a fight between Batman and Superman. There is nothing else going on. You have to focus yeah. on these two people. It's at night in this, I don't know, random building. Where, building. where Batman hits Superman with everything, including a kitchen sink. Um, <laughs> I did catch that. Yeah. I mean, but you have what it is is you have this fight. And this is supposed to be a titanic fight between gods. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a god, basically a god, and you know, a man a who's as close yeah. to maybe um, godlike as he can. Possibly a god amongst get. men. He's got as many advantages going for him as he can. Yeah, and so okay. So first of all, we have the kryptonite bomb. Makes sense because he has to bring Superman down at least somewhat to his level. Right. And at he least seems super, to yeah. accomplish that. At least yeah. to a point. The effects are temporary. Yeah. And so you have this this thing. So, but the problem is, is that. When he does that, Batman gets to wail on Superman. That's fine. <laughs> but the Superman doesn't fight back. It's not this fight between two people. It's a, it's one person versus someone who can't fight back, and then it becomes one person versus the other person who can't fight back. There is no, there is no conflict there. The conflict is so fake, it right. doesn't work. Right. It's all manufactured in the service of the plot and in the service of the title of this movie. And what we were talking about earlier in terms of really establishing sort of concrete philosophical differences that 
can yeah. lead to yeah. a fight, you know, where neither of them have any choice but to um, have this, basically have it out. Yeah. It doesn't ever come to that. It, it kind of comes to it on the Batman side where he's just like, where he tells Alfred, like, look, this guy, and, he, and again, he's correct. Alfred's, you know, he tells Alfred, this guy could potentially wipe out all humanity if he ever just felt like it. And that's crazy. And that's cuckoo banana pants. <laughs> and Superman really doesn't want any real part with Batman other than to be like, you should quit because what I'm you here, do is yeah. not nice. And I am Superman, so suck it. Yeah. And he, it's only the fact that like Lex Luthor kidnaps his mom that he's just like, and, he, and even that doesn't lead to him being like, okay, fine, I'll fight Batman. It's like, Whatever he's trying to do, he's trying to tell Batman so that he can be like, Batman, you have to help me go rescue my mom, which I'm not entirely sure why. Yeah. Because he could just probably listen really hard and hear his mom and go find her. But he doesn't do that because that wouldn't Service result the in the title of the movie, yeah, Batman I mean, v Superman. And I think that's part of what I had issues with is that Batman versus Superman is not a physical fight. There's no way that Super Batman could beat Superman in a physical fight. Right. Um... It's more of a philosophical. It, it should have been a philosophical. It yeah, that's it, the idea. And then you, but you, you just and it does it, not do that. You distill it down to this: Superman getting beat up by Batman, and you know he has the kryptonite grenade. That's cool. It's a cool kind of gimmick. But then it happens again, and it's like Superman's really gonna fall for this again. <laughs> What's and he, he does, and he does. And then Batman brings out his kryptonite spear of destiny, in which he's going to pierce the side of Christ. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had that thought. Yeah, and he sl- he cuts his face. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you good." See, because he bleeds. He yeah. does yeah. bleed. He knew he then, would bleed. And then Superman's later, he's like, "You got my Martha. You got my Martha." Alfred, Alfred, you got to come pick me up. I got to find Alfred, Martha. And then Batman's like, "What you say?" He's like, Martha. And he's like, why are you saying Martha? And then Lois Lane shows up and he's like, asshole, it's his mother's name. And Batman's like, oh, was I supposed to know that? So you'll appreciate this in the context of what this podcast is ostensibly about. Yeah. It was not until that moment that I realized (laughs) that Batman and Superman's moms each had the exact same same first name. That in and of itself is kind of like, huh, neat. But it literally stops the fight and they become friends. Not just friends, best friends. (laughs) Because their moms have the same name. Okay, we could not believe it. (laughs) Both of us are sitting in the theater just like... Is that really why they're stopping fighting? Like, am I? Did I miss okay. something? So I will. I will defend. I'm not going to defend it in like the terms of like, no, this is a good way of doing it. I think it was more of going back that Batman says the line, "No, Martha will. And Martha will not die tonight." And I think he's. It's going back to his inability to save his parents. He's well, going right. Yeah. So, and I got that. And Superman actually says like, that's what he's trying to say is he's saying you have to save Martha. Uh, yeah. And he's saying you have to save my mom, if, Martha. But the but, thing but is, Bruce doesn't know that. So he's was, like, why are you saying you have to save it's Martha? The problem because... with the movie is it's clumsy dialogue. He should have said my mother, you have to save my mother. 
Batman would then have realized that he's not an alien god. He's someone who has a mother and father just like I did. I have to go save his mother just like I couldn't save my mother. It would have made more sense. It would have humanized Superman in the eyes of Batman. And it would have serviced the plot infinitely better than saying Martha. Because I'll trust trust me, I call my mom Liz all the time. I say, <laughs> you'll not believe what Liz did today. But right. if I was in a situation like that, I would not say, Liz, you got to save Liz. No, I would say, like, my mom. You got to save my mom. Yeah. Because that makes it infinitely more yes. human. Two things would have needed to happen. That, exactly what you're saying, plus some other prior <clears throat> setup of that to have this payoff where, as we were talking about, these philosophical differences in terms of how to, you know, it, it, all these oh, that would, large yeah. cu- questions about justice, about uh, being a hero, about crime, about uh, punishment, um, all of that stuff could have boiled down to this idea of like, but fundamentally, regardless of sort of our philosophical differences, we're, you know, we're both we're, we're family orphans yeah. in a we're way. Orf- like yes, we, yes. We, or or not quite orphan. Well, he's Superman's an orphan in the sense of I mean, he's his yeah. adopted mother is who he's talking about. But but we're both children. Real, we're both children. We both, we're both orphans. We yeah. both been through that. We both recognize the limitations of that, and that yeah. fuels our relative perspective. Absolutely, that was what I think the movie thought it was doing. But, but no, it, it took never, a big steaming pile on our face, neck, and chest. It never did any of that. At least in terms of that. Yeah. And so um so he's like Batman's like, oh don't worry about it. I'll go find I'll go find your mom. He throws the spear. No. And then he's like, Don't worry, I'll go save your mom's. And then Lois Lane takes the spear and throws it inside of a convenient pool. Yes, because I think they were in like a bathhouse or something. Yeah, I don't or know like, what I think it was like doing. a sanitarium well, like a or a port. hospital. They were. And they keep yeah. saying they were at a port. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. Who know. knows? She throws it down there. So, so I thought that might be actually a, a, a semi clever reference to um, Superman. Also, the original, the Donner Superman. Because oh, isn't there a moment with the kryptonite thing where it gets thrown? At, she throws the the, the his henchwoman throws it into the water. Yeah. And then he has to go down and get it, and he like doesn't come back up right away. Am I? Yeah. Something like something? yeah. Something like anyway, that. Yeah. I thought okay, we're you know, doing something mocker, here. She throws it into the water. Yeah. 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 But the at that point, because Superman's weak and everything like that. But he's able to go off and he, he goes to fight, uh, uh, get Lex. But Lex is like, well, if, you know, man won't kill God, then I'll have to do the next battle. Whatever he's, stupid thing he says. And he releases <laughs> the CGI monstrosity, of which what uh, I can only say is, he has a cave troll. And, yeah. <laughs> I mean, See, I kept calling it a, boo, a poo monster. <laughs> this is 2003 level CGI. Like, yeah. we have no money left in the budget to make this look cool CGI. Yeah. Um, well, besides that, I was going to talk about something else. But then, so he releases <laughs> the Pooh Monster, also known as Doomsday. Yeah. And you're like, holy crap, they're going to do the death of Superman right here. I cannot believe they're going On to shove... On top of everything else in this and top of movie. Uh, the third storyline they're going to shove into this movie... And this this is where the movie falls apart for me because I think at the end if he would have just taken Lex and put him into jail it'd been like okay it's it's not as action oriented as I would have liked the end I would have been like <laughs> they could have done more but they did more and they the more that they did was awful but yeah. it looked very pretty 
like the 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 way that um so Batman and Superman are fighting Doomsday. Um luckily they're able to take him to a port that is uninhabited, oh an God. island that's uninhabited. So there was wait, there was a scene where they knocked into a building, where they knocked Superman into a building and the building started co- collapsing and I was like I started getting like PTSD like um like 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 oh my god they're gonna do this again yeah like I can't believe they're gonna I like I started being like yeah. oh my god but like, they're like oh no there's no one here now let's not forget when they nuke Superman yeah Superman nuke takes Doomsday into outer space it's the only way to be sure yeah and 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 <laughs> you know uh, Night Owls like let's get the nukes and they they shoot him into orbit yeah. and Superman gets nuked. Um, and Doomsday gets nuked too, but he's okay. So, but Superman's floating out there until like he looks like a zombie until like the sun comes around and he gets recharged and he's able to fly down again. Yeah, it takes him three days and then he rises again. Yes, exactly. Uh... And then they're they're continuing the fight. Uh, Wonder Woman, who is escaping at this point, sees the TV. And she's like, "Oh, I gotta go fight this thing." And she she's put, like, "All right." She's like getting naked on the plane, putting on her breastplate, <laughs> getting her shield out. Yeah, there's like a really like obnoxious panty shot of her in this movie too that I was just like oh that's just completely she unnecessary she falls down I noticed yeah. that too I was I was a little I squirmed I think a little at that moment as I well. didn't I know what squirm you're but I was just like this is uh, it was gratuitous gratuitous is, is the right word so they fight blah 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 they can't hurt doomsday Lois Lane goes in underwater to get the damn spear the building falls on top of her Superman goes down and saves her gets the spear f- stabs doomsday and gets stabbed in the heart and guess what Superman dies they end this movie by killing superman sure do and batman wins i guess yeah batman v in judgment of baby batman v superman the court (laughs) finds in favor of batman (laughs) superman will keep six feet underground from super from batman at all times (laughs) batman wins in a a judge's decision yeah yeah t by tko um no they so then they have a funeral for superman and they also have a funeral for clark kent and they bury him in a pine box and everything like that. Uh-huh. And of course, you know Bruce Wayne gets invited to. to, to I didn't even mention that because he literally says, "I'm a friend of your, your son's. son's friend." A little presumptuous, considering yeah. you spent this into the last Wait. two hours hating him. Wait, <laughs> at the end of the movie, he says, "I failed him in life. I will not fail him in death." Well, yeah, because you pretty much caused his death. <laughs> what are you talking about, Bruce? <laughs> yeah, that made no... The last 40 minutes of this movie made no sense whatsoever. Ugh. It was complete... It almost... I get when people complain about this movie. I get what they're saying. Yeah. This 40 minutes of this movie was that was that 20% on Rotten Tomatoes for me. Yeah. However, I did actually enjoy the first half <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next time they shine your light in the sky, don't go to it. The bat is dead. Bury it. Consider this mercy. Tell me. Production notes. Um, this movie was a piece of poo, and uh, <laughs> no, um, it was okay. <laughs> in uh, June of 2013, Warner Brothers announced that Zack Snyder and Goyer were going to be working on a Man of Steel sequel. 
this actually kind of got uh, it was considered for a 2015 release. It got merged together with this idea of ba- Batman v Superman. I think it's when the script they decided to bring Batman in. They're like, no, this really isn't a Batman a Man of Steel movie. This is a Batman versus Superman. This is going to be the jumping off point for our entire DC universe. Um, it actually one of the things was it was actually released on the same week, going to be released on the same weekend as Captain America: Civil War, mm-hmm. and DC blinked. So there. <laughs> um, uh, Goyer can't write, and no, um, <laughs> Goyer He's like uh, your guy though. Uh, Goyer actually um, was uh, did the first draft of the script and was una- unable to do the second one. He based the basic. <laughs> like, I can't. I yeah. just can't. Um, you know, Snyder basically said the the film takes inspiration from The Dark Knight uh, Returns, as we talked about earlier mm-hmm. on that one. Um, they wanted to make they wanted to bring in other characters, and of course, we get to see Wonder Woman, the Flash, a cyborg, oh and God. Aquaman in like oh little clips. God. I I don't want to talk about that right now, but I yeah, do we'll we'll talk, we'll about, talk that. about that in December. Oh you know, in December of 2013, um, Goyer's script was uh, and Goyer was out, and they brought in Chris Terrio, who was Ben Affleck's writing partner on Argo to uh, do the touch-ups on the script. And I think that's where we see a lot of... I I guarantee you a lot of the stuff we liked was Terrio. Mm. I I bet you any money, like, a lot of that opening sequence stuff was Terrio. Mm -hmm. Because it feels almost, like, very Argo-esque. Or, like, Gone Baby Gone, Argo, the the town. town. It has a lot, like, a lot of that feel to it, especially stuff with Movies that are good, not great. I like Argo a lot. Eh, and I, I, Argo's fine. I like Gone Baby Gone. Gone. Argo's fine. Argo doesn't have a lot of rewatch value. I think is the problem. Oh, I, I just you rewatched know I mean? it recently. I really, really? like it. Yeah, oh, right. I think it was well, fully deserving of Best Picture that year. And I, I wow. like Gone Baby Gone yeah. a lot. Gone Baby Gone is one of those movies that dumb people can watch and feel really smart when watching it. Like you feel like you're like a movie, like a movie file. Like oh. when you watch that movie, you're like, oh yeah, I like I like movies that make me feel important yeah, and sort it's of like, like fight club huh yeah it's sort of like fight club or mm. shawshank redemption but i, 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 I yeah it's kind of like that um you know they 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 brought back the entire cast of man of steel they they cast uh ben affleck as batman gal gadot as wonder woman jesse eisenberg as lex Luthor, jeremy irons as alfred pennyworth you know although the whole crowd that mm. they brought in for that it was it was all a big deal um of course one of the big things is this is ben affleck's second comic book movie after the 2003 movie Daredevil. Yeah. Which he has said in interviews, the reason why he took Daredevil in 2003 was that he said, I am never going to get to play Batman. And this is as close to playing Batman as I ever will get. Well, there you go. And you so, know something? I have not seen that movie. Um, well, maybe we'll watch it in the near future. Maybe. I don't know. We'll um, find out. Snyder wanted to cast Batman as older. The script called for an older Batman, some more experienced mm-hmm. Batman. We see in the movie he's been Batman for a long mm-hmm. time. He I has, liked that. I thought that that was interesting. Yeah, I, I liked it too. And there's the yeah. Rob, the Robin outfit that says, you know, haha. Yeah, jokes no on real you. explanation of that. I love One that of there was the many things that they just show with no real explanation. I kind of like that though. It, 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 mm-hmm. it, you know what it did? It allowed, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit. I, you know what? I'm gonna hold on to that. Let's okay. just hold on to that thought. All right. Um, mm. One of the people that they were thinking about for Batman, of course, was Josh Brolin, but he ended up becoming uh, Thanos in the Marvel movies. <laughs> Love Brolin. Yeah, Christian Bale was actually in talks to reprise the role of Batman. Uh, well, he wasn't in talks. He really wanted to do it, but then again, uh, Warner Brothers kind of wanted a fresh start after the Nolan universe. I guess. Uh, the production had two hundred was $250 million this movie cost. So did Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, 
with a marketing budget of over $150 million, uh, Variety estimates that the film needs to make $800 million to recoup the investment. Um, as of right now, this is a week after opening, $530 million. Yeah, it took, it a, took a big dive this weekend. We're we're actually recording this on that second weekend because I wasn't able to see it the first week, the opening weekend. So I was not a part of that four hundred billion or so worldwide that it made that opening weekend. But yeah, I heard like fifty million so far. I mean, yeah, it did, it's an, it's this Saturday, movie, so yeah, there's one more day. People might see it tomorrow. But this movie does not have the legs they were hoping for. No, and, and I, you know, I assume some of that is is the bad review. Views. I'm assuming. You want to talk about the bad reviews? This movie, um, as of I think when I wrote my notes for it, it was at 28 percent on Rotten. 29 percent right now. Okay. 71 percent audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Now I don't know where the the audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes comes from, but it's it's actually user. They they oh you okay. That is a hell of a disparity. I can't think of another bigger I, I can't think of another movie that has that wide of a disparity in recent memory not in recent years there are, there are a couple if you look for it um even thor does not have that big of a discrepancy it's all pretty They're much generally yeah. much closer i mean the, the the audience is generally higher than the critics for the most part yeah but which is as not long a, as it's a popular movie yeah. if it's like an obscure movie then then sometimes it's the reverse but yeah movies kevin likes generally it's the, it's uh, a little bit of a flip for me but this is this was unbelievable. I mean, there was so much uh, hate. There were people, literally, the conspiracy theory weirdos who thought that Mar that Disney, Disney was paying yeah. critics to to give it a bad review. Give this movie a bad review because you know in anticipate you know expect you know except that you know they always give the marvel movies good reviews they give them and i i not there's no legs to that whatsoever yeah. but i will say that critics are generally way too kind to the marvel movies they are um and but and the thing is too it's like what would disney have to gain by warner brothers it's yeah. not like it's not like Fox or or one of those or Sony who own Marvel properties that they can't use. These are properties that Disney would never be able to touch. It's it's so funny. Like it's such I a stupid argument. Like I understand that it would be kind of bad for one movie over the other to open Civil War and and this movie to open in the same weekend because people are going to go see a movie in a weekend. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people who would go see both, like us probably. Yeah. But there's a, most people are going to see one movie and they're like, "What's the movie we're going to go see this weekend? Oh, let's go see the Batman movie, or let's go <laughs> see Captain America." What are you, my movie. dad. <laughs> uh, they're not if if they were to open on the same weekend then yes people would have to make a choice opening a month apart or two months apart it's, no one's making that choice nobody cares what's dc no one, versus marvel i don't the, even know the difference half the time i can constantly think the flash is a marvel character <laughs> i don't i don't know you yeah. know i'm an idiot i think daredevil and flash should actually just be traded because in my mind that would actually make it easier because i think flash is more of a uh, DC as a more of a Marvel character okay. for me. I, I think it's just because he's more fun. The shows are more yeah. fun, and well, Daredevil is real gritty, well, so that makes more sense for DC. Well, yeah, especially in these movies, and it I, would I, be like, easier for me if they would I just mean, trade. And you talk and like the critics are like all pretty much ball players. Every critic hits the same points. This movie is dark. This movie is is grim. This movie has no sense of humor. 
the well that's one yeah, thing that's, uh, that's that, one then there's, there's aspect the other problems of, of course are like the, plot, the problems are editing. all Snyder oriented yeah. and I agree that there is a little bit of a pylon effect um, there's an abs- a piling on, I should say, not a well, pylon and effect, I, yeah, like a giant. I was tower. actually, I was kind of confused for a, a second. <laughs> a until piling I realized, on yeah. effect, where there does seem to be like the early reviews were not good, and there was a bit of like, okay, actually, let's unload actually, on this movie. The early earliest views and reviews on this movie were very ex- were positive, very hmm. positive. Um, then when the mass critics got to see it, then the reviews started coming in as negative. When the negative reviews came in, there was a pile on. Like a lot of people were like, "Blah blah blah, this is terrible, terrible." Then the backlash reviews came right. Out. People like you know, lay off my my new Batman movie. Yeah, lay off. You know, let's let's you know like this, it's un- the treatment of this movie is unfair. I have never seen a movie this divisive in no. forever, and I'm talking like even amongst like critical dar- or uh, like like. Oscar-winning films. I've never seen mm-hmm. this much between fans and critics, and critics and critics and fans. You know, fans are the natural enemies of the critic. You know, sure. And the, the yeah. you know they they get along like the English and the Scots. And <laughs> I can't really figure out like fanboys of either of these characters or both of these characters. Like I can't figure out. I can't imagine what it is that they love i mean are they just i mean maybe it's just a piling on in the opposite direction of just like no screw it dude movie good like even though they don't believe it well like okay so let's transition into this um i i've stood on this movie for over a week now i saw this movie opening weekend and i didn't want to see it again because it's three hours i want to give five hours hours and more money to snyder um however i talked to a ton of people about this movie, getting their reactions, getting what they thought, getting how they thought about it critically, how they they liked it or not. I talked to dozens of people about this movie, and no one could give me the same answer. Some people were like, oh, it's terrible, and other people were like, it's fantastic. Hmm. And I'm just so... And I read reviews, and I listened to reviews on podcasts about it, Yeah. Um, and I still am conflicted about how I even feel about this movie. I hmm. feel so... I feel like true neutral to go to go completely D and D on it. Like okay. I'm, I'm almost like it was a movie. <laughs> things happened. Um, but I, I just want to talk about some of the things I really liked. Okay. Okay. Let's start this off right now. All right. Things I really liked. I loved Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I thought she was fun. I thought yeah, she, she was much to do. She was sexy, and yeah. she looked the part, mm-hmm. and she acted the part. And she carried herself like Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, even that scene where, like, you know, you see the shot of her with Chris Pine, and I loved the Hans Zimmer Wonder Woman theme, even though Hans Zimmer was—it was, was kind of kooky. It was, was fun. It was sort weird. of. Uh, it reminded my wife of uh, the um, of the the guitar guy from uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, the Doof a Warrior. Yeah, Rem- reminded yeah, her a little bit doof. of that. Yeah, not I, something she liked, but and I liked the way that she fought it. at the end. Like she had like this kind of like. She was very no nonsense, yeah. right? She came in just like I'm blocking your laser blasts, and, and then this she got, is happening. And then she cuts off his arm. She got knocked down, and she did. She wasn't like Ugh. she got knocked down, and she, she got, got up, up again. again. You're never gonna, gonna bring her, her down. down. No, <laughs> keep her down. Whatever, keep her down. I can't remember the '90s. That was a long time ago. Pissing the night away. <laughs> oh, chumbo now I'll wumbo. say this about Wonder Woman. Um, her reveal of 
I mean, we knew going in yeah. that this was Wonder Woman. Because they showed us in the damn preview. But her reveal in the movie of the fact that she's Wonder Woman, that this that this mystery woman that Bruce has run yeah. into twice now is Wonder Woman, and she has powers, and she's been apparently alive for 100 years, um, was balls. It was just him looking at it on a computer oh, on screen. It was, it was the dumbest thing that- in the world. She never... Can you just there's I could not think of a lamer way to introduce I'll, that character. I will come I will come back to this. I will come back to this okay. with with vigor. Okay. Um right. I loved I loved Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um I also I think everyone loved Wonder Woman. I, I think that's loved a critical consensus. Ben Affleck's portrayal of Batman. Now, I didn't necessarily agree with Batman, but at this point in my life I've said I'm just like F it, Batman's using guns. <laughs> I am never going to get past this. All right. Yeah. Batman will kill people now, apparently. Whatever. I'm just It's like s- how I have to get used to the fact that out here in the suburbs, people ride their bikes on the sidewalk. Yeah. Pisses me off, but there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. People over the age of seven ride their bikes on the sidewalk. I don't understand it. It makes me mad every time, but I have to live with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, whatever. This is where we go. Aside from the, the Batman, I love the way that Ben Affleck moved as Batman. I love the way he moved as Bruce Wayne. I love both. I love the way he played both Batman and Bruce Wayne. I mean, he the way that he smiled as Batman was straight out of the comic books. Yeah, it's like Ben Affleck has been training to be this part since he since he was in since Since Goodwill Hunting since Goodwill Hunting (laughs) Uh, since he was in he was an extra in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's been (laughs) he's been planning this part and he plays it to the t yeah. though i do not agree with the way that batman is portrayed in the script his sure his actual physical portrayal of batman in this movie is awesome okay um i even like the the big fight scene where he goes to save martha wayne and martha kent and he jumps in you know that we saw in martha. the damn that we saw in the damn preview even though i had seen it like a dozen times in the trailer i still was like yes this yeah. is what I want Batman to do. I want him to kick ass and beat the crap out of people. Yeah. Um I did like a lot of the stuff that they did um with the dream sequences. I liked mm. well, let me let me put it this way. I mm. like that I, I, I like <laughs> that they they were pretty obvious in the way that they were trying to set up certain things. They were trying at least. It's better than Nolan did. They did they they, they did Try to set up themes better than Nolan did, not and, and come around to them. Create a circular plot. It's not that it worked great, and it's not that it was the best thing to do. I like that they attempted to do it. So, how did the dreams set up anything? Well, I mean, or I'm, even I'm, I'm talking like the, the first one where you know his mom dies, and you know Martha, and then it comes back later oh, okay, on. Okay, right. Like, oh, that's why they did that at the beginning, so that they could do it at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have done that much better. But right. I get what they're trying to do. So I was thinking about like the Bugman. Well, the Bugman thing. That's let's get okay. Let's get into the, the whole setup thing. This is like Avengers two. Remember how Avengers two had all the pro- the biggest problems with Avengers two is that they were setting up everything for all the new Marvel movies. Right. It was one of the biggest problems. It's not. They tried to side skirt that by setting up everything all during one sequence where Bruce Wayne is like on a computer looking at clips yeah, of people and he's, he goes into the desert and he thinks he's seeing the thing but it's no, a not, bomb. not that one I'm, I'm talking like he's on the computer after he gets after he has to defrag the drive for yeah. Wonder Woman and he sees like 
a picture of Aquaman, and it's like this really oh right. That's what I wanted to talk about was <laughs> yeah. the the scene where Wonder Woman watches the trailer for the Justice League movie. It was we watch her no, watching the no, trailer on her laptop. Wa- Batman's well, but he that, yeah. only looks at Wonder Woman's. Oh file. yeah, that's He true. never looks yeah. at the other ones yet. And then he sends her the whole file so, because she's looking for the photograph. So let's let's be honest. Lex Luthor has not only discovered the entire Justice League, he's named them and giving them the symbols. <laughs> he gives them logos. He gives them logos. He creates a JPEG yeah. that he's able to sign as the file. Uh, I mean, that took a few minutes. He, right? It he, took a few minutes of his time. Oh, he didn't do that. He has he outsourced that when he's like I'm, he outsourced. He had the super skinny so what uh, I want, Asian yeah. woman that he explodes. Mercy, mercy. That was yeah. uh, so. Yeah. What I want is I want a white circle. I want a light, I want a lightning bolt going through it. That's what. That's exactly what I want. See, because he runs flat. He runs yeah, flash. So, 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 yeah, yeah, so it's flash, like a flash of lightning. Yeah. And then you have yeah, and you see these like it, these black and white photos. So you see flash, and it looks like a scene out of Clerks. <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting there, Kylo Ren is sitting there slouched over, and he's able to take out the guy. Yeah. You know, yep. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Then you have Aquaman, and it's like that exact... And Aquaman comes out and goes, Brr. <laughs> No, Brr. it's the scene in Jaws when they go to yeah. the boat out there, and the dead body floats up. <laughs> Sorry, Richard Dreyfuss is Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then a cyborg that that was a weird one, and you have Miles Dyson from Terminator Two once again messing around with robots. It's yeah, like, he should know better. He should know better. It's, he should know. That's a, that's a mother box, by the way. It's that's important later on. I the plot. read about that as well. Yeah, yeah. I and don't then, know what that means. And then you have then don't of really course care. you you yeah I don't care either. <laughs> and then you have one woman's file where all this is a picture of her and Chris Pine, which it's a picture. It's like her going to the ATM. Yeah, not really anything. <laughs> and then a picture of her from World yeah, War, which World War I, One or two. I or could Photoshop my picture of my they because they photoshopped it so it looks old. It's not like anyone's like, oh, this this picture's got to be real because it's a JPEG on the internet. Yeah, like it's like, come on. Now I appreciate that they did that as opposed to like like really stretching it out throughout the movie. But I was just like, this is so anticlimactic. Yeah, I, I, the scene where she's watching and looking at all of the things and basically watching the Justice League like teaser trailer so was just like, I wish I still had to go to the bathroom because yeah. I would have gotten up and gone to the bathroom at that point. And then you have um, the, the nightmare sequence, K-N-I-G-H-T, nightmare sequence. Huh. Where Batman's in the desert and he's, you know, it's it's obviously in a weird alternate reality in the future where the world is a desert and there's a big apocalypse. There's a big Omega yeah. symbol in the desert, which is the symbol of a of Darkseid, mm. the the leader of the planet uh, Apocalypse, which is this big bad in the DC universe that they're setting up for. Mm. The bug guys are parademons who work for Darkseid. Superman's bad at Batman because Lois got killed. Um, it's kind of a... It's, and, then the, and then the Flash shows up. Yeah, well... So that, right? that sequence just goes to show that, like, what Superman and Batman's relationship could become in the future. Bruce Wayne wakes up, and then the f- he's in a... It's a dream within a dream. Blah. Blah. Oh, Sorry. We gotta go deeper. Yeah. Um, and the Flash shows up in a robot suit, and he's like, oh, I'm not, I haven't... I've went back too far. Because as we know from watching The Flash, that the Flash can travel <laughs> through time. By running really fast. I couldn't tell who it was, because I... I had to look it up. I, I had know. no idea. It was the most poorly executed scene it, I've ever seen in my it life. It does not belong in this movie. Because you know who looks like The Flash? The Flash on TV. He looks well, like the damn Flash. They put this guy we in We can rant about that all day. Well, Everyone is clamoring for okay. that. Okay, and so, now let's get into something that... Part of the reason why this movie bugs me. Um, so, The Flash is a is a great TV show. 
It's an hour-long DC comic a week. Mm-hmm. Now, you can listen to any interview you could with Berlanti or any of the guys who write for and produce on that show. That show has every episode has to have three things. It has to have heart, humor, and spectacle. Okay? That's how they do it, and that's why I think that show works so well. Mm-hmm. It's a great combination of the three. This movie. Did it have spectacle? This had a whole hell of a lot of spectacle. Yeah. That fight scene at the end with Doomsday, as much as the Doomsday looked like poo, I was getting shades of 300. I was getting shades of, like, really comic booky action. Um, the Batman- I did like how when they defeated him, it was like... Wonder Woman had him lassoed, you mean and the, then Batman used on, his third on. smoke bomb We gotta thing. form a tableau. <laughs> yeah, and then Superman could come in and do the thing. They, like, justified their existence. I, I When they were we fighting, though, I leaned over to my wife, and I go, so Wonder Woman's kicking his ass. Superman's off saving Lois. Wonder Woman's beating up the monster. And then I lean over to my wife, and I go, Batman's using his getting out of the way powers. <laughs> Exactly. He's like, Whoa. well, I mean, there's grappling a, hook. Whoa. There was a scene where he uses the grappling hook and he's on the wall and the wall falls over. And he's like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh man, Ben Affleck sucks at playing the Arkham Knight. <laughs> the action sequences in this movie are actually pretty good. I, I liked a lot of them. The fight scene aside, the, the the bats v soups fight scene I think was really poorly executed. But a lot of the other action sequences I kind of really liked. Um, I think Snyder does a pretty decent job of when he, especially the Batman in the warehouse fight scene. I mm. thought that was fantastic. Mm. So th- I think this movie had a lot of spectacle. This movie was like, it, but it, it didn't have it in, a, in the right way. When Wonder Woman shows up at the end, I was just like, finally. Yeah. It should have been like, finally this thing can wrap up. Yeah. I should have been like, oh my God, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. That's what they wanted. Yeah. Um, but it did have good spectacle. Uh, heart. I think this movie tried to have heart. There was some. There was some. Yeah. Like they, it tried. It was grit. Like there. There was just no. There. There wasn't any. I mean, because it was a lot of just grimness and cold. Ayn no Randian one philosophy. really appreciated anything that was going on, and Batman's running around branding people, and it was yeah. just. But it I mean, was just miserable. What I'm saying is, is like okay, the the weird bathtub scene that we talked about earlier. They tried. They didn't. Nah, they, they didn't what? hit. They what? tried to have more heart. There was slower. Naked eighty Amy Adams is not heart. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's not heart. <laughs> the um the scene he has with his mother, the scene with his ghost of his father on the mountaintop. They tried. I'm not saying they hit it. I'm saying they tried to. And that's I think part of the problem that people had with the pacing is is that they did slow down. One of my big complaints about Man of Steel is they didn't slow down when they needed to slow down, and they tried to in this movie. It just they didn't do it in the right places. Like, they're getting there. It's like, all right, guys, good try. Good try. Yeah. Let's try better. Better luck next time. And then the final part, humor, they had none. No, there was no, no. The, uh, the only funny person in this movie was Alfred. And I was like, yeah. give me more Alfred. Give me more Jeremy Irons. Yeah. You know, I, I want to I see, you know, uh, more Simon. More Simon Says uh, in this movie. <laughs> um, on my way to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. Seven wives had seven cats. The seven cats had seven... No, no never mind. Um, the... Uh, that's what this movie was missing, and I think part of the reason is because, as it's come out, Zack Snyder's a huge Ayn Rand fan. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, you know, the, if this idea of the movie is where you've got people who are saying, like, let's try to put rules around Superman so that, you know, he... To, to equalize it a little bit, because we're uncomfortable with how far 
ahead of us he is and how godlike he is. Let's let's try to put. She, she, this is a democracy. We we have a conversation. Um, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, let's put government sanctions on private industry <laughs> so that everyone can compete equally in socialism. And and of Snyder course, Snyder is saying that's obviously wrong because that is not because the power Ayn of Randian. the yeah the power of the individual is way too much for this. It is. I mean, I hate to do this because I. It's very. It's very. English 400 level, you know, English lit class that you're going into where you're learning about semiotics and mm. crap like that, um, where, where it's like you're reading way too into a thing. Like, I almost feel no, like this is all on the surface. This I, is all on the surface. But that's what it's like. It's like this is Zack Snyder's college dissertation on Ayn Randian philosophy. Yeah. And it's almost like this is Henry Cavill's The Fountainhead. Right. Um, it's, it's just it's. It's too much. Yeah. And where you should be having fun with these characters, he's turning it into this struggle, this this Mein Kampf-esque thing yeah. that it shouldn't be. This is Superman. We have fun with it. Yeah, I Even mean... Even Batman is dark, but Michael Keaton had fun playing Batman. Yeah. I think Ben Affleck actually had fun, and I think that's what Terrio Script did, is mm-hmm. T- Terrio Script lightened it up a lot. I'd hate to see what Goyer's script was, because I, I guarantee you it was like Batman would have been no fun at all. Superman would have been well. Superman was no fun in this movie, mm. but I mean, this is a guy who's supposed to be the eternal optimist, the person who doesn't have to like when the when the African warlord has Lois with the gun to her to his to her head. Superman's the type of person who would have been like, "You don't have to do this. You know, why don't, why don't you put the gun down and we'll just you know." Be done with this right now. That's the type of guy Superman would be. Superman would use his powers almost as last resort because the S is enough. The the symbol of Superman is enough. What I'm articulating to you right now is kind of the struggle that I've had over the last week with this movie. Because even as a comic book fan, I actually kind of liked a lot of this movie because it hits a lot of the comic notes. A lot of things that I like. But at the same time, it doesn't hit the right notes when it comes to the characters. Mm-hmm. It hits a lot of great story plot points but it doesn't hit a lot of great character points and i think that's part of the problem i'm having with it and there's something you said and, and and i think we should wrap it up yeah soon but um i think that's what it comes down to of i i understand sort of the idea of i mean one one of the arguments is if you're going to completely disregard for example let's just take superman what makes superman superman then don't make a superman movie make a different movie exactly. make a new character called whatever Rand man whatever man <laughs> Rand paul the movie Rand, Ayn Rand, <laughs> capitalism man make capitalism man <laughs> he's his own thing and you can make whatever story you want because there's enough sort of baked in there's this i'm sorry i can't help you the free market will reconcile itself <laughs> <laughs> there's enough sort of baked into the mythology of a particular established character that we all kind of understand on a fundamental level that you you couldn't just randomly do whatever you want. At the same time, I understand the idea of if these characters are myths on some level, then the myths should feel free to be updated and reflect Reinter- the times. And even reinterpreted. Right, and reinterpret and reflect the times in which you're telling that particular story. I understand sort of both <clears throat> sides of that. Yeah. Neither of those add up to... 
sad and happy Superman. Like, I don't really understand how you can kind of say, all right, well, let's take the character, but I'm free to interpret, you know, what I can interpret out of this character and then just say, like, and then result in what we saw on screen. I, I, it's, there is, I mean, we're, we're at the, almost the two hour mark now. Oh God. And we haven't even done our special our stuff. We may have to release those separately as like another nah, episode. We'll be, <laughs> be fine with it. But what I'm saying is, is that there is so much to unpack with this movie of what went wrong <laughs> that it, it it's nearly impossible. But I want, I kind of want to focus on what went right. And you know, one of the things is, is I, what I did like, I did like the nightmare sequence. I think it set up the apocalypse thing fairly well. Um, the, it, it set up a mystery, a kind of thing with it. But at the same time, it's like, it would have been so much cooler if I was like on a roller coaster ride at that point. If I was like, wee! Yeah, throughout right. the entire movie like oh my god look at Batman oh my god look at Superman oh my god there's Wonder Woman ah, ah, ah. I wanted to feel like a child watching this movie I mm. wanted I wanted to be like my daughter when she sees the preview for the movie where she's like daddy I want to see Batman versus Superman and I'm like and ironically right. this is a PG-13 movie so yeah. you couldn't even take her no and that's the thing is like I would like to be like oh let's go yeah let's go see Batman versus Superman let's go see you know Batman and Superman and let's go do this I want to be that child to watch this movie. I don't want to see Randy and philosophy. I don't, I don't need this idea of the platonic ideal of the superhuman. Yeah. What? No. I, no good. I, I want to see... I, I want to see Superman having fun with being Superman. I want to see Batman being upset with Superman having fun being Superman. And being, I'm a bitch dead. <laughs> I, you know, I don't need this angsty nasty uh, fight between them. But at the same time, I did like the first half of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can't First I can't hour help it. was fine. It was, it was enjoyable. It was pretty to watch. good. It had its moments. Let's go eat some tacos. Yeah. All right, everyone. Um, before we get started with our uh, recast, we're yeah, gonna, we're, uh, Kevin's got an announcement to make. Let's talk about, uh, in our last episode, we talked about how we have uh, a gap for two episodes in between this episode that you're listening to right now and Captain America Civil War. One of those movies is going to be... The 1990 Captain America movie. Oh, yeah. That's going to be one we're going to do. Uh, that's the one of the ones that we're going to do. But we left the other one up to you. We said, do you want to uh, hear us discuss Zack Snyder's aberific, crazy throwback ep- movie 300 or Batflex pre-Batman superhero movie Daredevil? And uh, the by a slim majority, actually, it was closer than I thought. Sixty-two percent of you wanted us to review three hundred. So three hundred, sixty-two uh, percent of you wanted a lot of muscle mass, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay. A lot of abs. I believe it. I feel like everyone in that movie has like like an eight pack. They don't even have a six pack. They have like an eight pack. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. I'm so just, that's twenty four hundred you know, abs. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take off 
like all of my clothes and just oil myself down to watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Sit there with a spear and a shield and a loincloth, just yeah. with my flabby ass body watching that movie and feel terrible about myself. Sure. Yeah. I'll do it. All right. So uh, getting into our recasting. Oh, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. I My mind went off. So, Kevin and I talked about this. We wanted to recast uh, Bats v. Soups, DOJ, in terms of a buddy cop movie of the 1980s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. So, because um, I was like, I was sitting there watching this movie, I'm like, I don't even know what to do. Um, <laughs> and I say, yeah. why not, if we're going to have a team up, let's just have it be one of those great 80s uh, buddy cop movies that yeah. Lethal Weapon, you know, mm-hmm. inspired. Was it Lethal Weapon the first one, or was it like Forty Eight Hours? Or um, hard to say. I don't know. I really don't know which came first and kind of where that came from. I mean, I'm sure that that has its roots somewhere, but I feel like the '80s, and I, I feel like Lethal Weapon is yeah. the one. You know, right? The, this lethal would be the movie where the movie. You know, mismatched cops. There's some there's some saxophone solos. Yeah, I mean it's it's like the you know you take that odd couple premise, not yeah. necessarily the odd couple, but you know that Close same to. idea. Yeah. I mean that's what the odd couple also draws them. You know that mismatched pair, and uh, you make them cops and give them guns, and uh, yeah. that's something the '80s and would yeah definitely do. You make one of them really crazy, and you know he does Three Stooges stuff and jumps yeah, off a building, right? Or wacky, yeah, he's wacky or whatever. And it's it's the straight man. I mean, hell, we. We could probably take this back to vaudeville but we are <laughs> yeah. so over on our time that uh we've still got like six segments left to go so <laughs> let's uh we won't drill into vaudeville history on this episode wait who's on first <laughs> so the band <laughs> i know you hate that i hate um, that bit so, so first much. of all since this is batman v superman um let me ask you who is going to be your batman to V Superman. Uh, I'm wondering how much overlap we have. I I, I I feel like I have a couple that I don't think that you'll come up with, but this is one that maybe we would have in common. But my Batman is from Tango and Cash, Kurt Russell. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> um, I did not go Kurt Russell for Batman. Really? I went Kurt Russell for my Superman. You did. Kurt I Russell did. Superman. Huh. I did. Interesting. Um, I I I, I like, don't know that I can see it. I think that's why I went with Batman. I can see him as Batman. I just think Kurt Russell's a more like streetwise. Yeah. You know, you want that like that working class kind of thing. Even though Batman's a billionaire. Well, I mean, I, that's, <laughs> the reason why I went with 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 Kurt Russell for my Superman is because Kurt Russell has more of that farm raised kind of look to him. Like he almost looks like a guy that worked out in the fields. You know, well, he's got that wavy mullet hair in the eighties. <laughs> sure. So, um. But my no, my Batman, because I wanted to go older, just like they talked about in the movie, like in the production. Oh, like okay. I wanted an older Batman, someone right. who she has experienced. Sure. From the movie Stakeout, I want Richard Dreyfus. Okay. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, is this guy's from Krypton? <laughs> wow. He's a new species, Homo Kryptonian. <laughs> Now, look at that. Those proportions are correct. I'm not going to open up that doomsday and have the Kittner boy spill across the deck. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> it always 
that's, that's Roy Scheider's line anyway. Oh, um, uh, we're gonna need a bigger piece of kryptonite. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, it's, uh, yeah, but I already told you my Superman. You already gave away your Superman. My Superman is Richard uh, Dreyfus. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus from. From a uh, movie I'm actually not familiar with, but I'll actually call on it several times. It's a movie directed by and star co-starring Clint Eastwood uh, from 1990 called oh, The Rookie. The Rookie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not a great Clint movie. Eastwood. Oh. But Clint Eastwood is opposite oh, Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen is my Superman. And I think that the I first feel Hispanic like... first Hispanic Superman. Nice. I get bonus points for uh, the fact of the um, the Superman bit in Hot Shots, where oh, Charlie yeah. Sheen is actually flying around, or pretending he's flying around yeah, they, dressed they, as Superman. Yeah. Does, don't they do, like, the... Can you read my mind? Isn't that the, the sequence? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so, it's, so it's Kurt Russell and Charlie Sheen, and you've got... Richard Russell and Richard Dreyfus. I love the Grizzly idea of old Richard Dreyfus as Batman. Um, did you? We're all criminals, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> Do you bleed, Superman? <laughs> because you will. Ain't gonna bleed. Make you bleed. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Batman's opus. Uh, Mr. Wayne's opus. Um, Who did you cast as your Wonder Woman? I think this Uh, is one we're going to have the same. So my Wonder Woman, um, from a movie that I called on uh, also uh, surprisingly a lot, um, and again, sort of bonus points, I suppose, although I didn't cast her in the character that she actually played on television later, uh, one with Terry Hatcher. Oh, Terry Hatcher, nice. From Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash, yeah, yeah. Of course, you played Wonder Woman, uh, Lois Lane, Lane, sorry, yeah. in the, the TV, Superman oh, okay. of the so 90s. I'm going to have the same one on this one. Not the same as many. I like Terry Hatcher, especially early ter- Terry Hatcher, because they are real and they are fantastic. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Going back to our Seinfeld bit earlier, yes. um, I went with Renee Russo from Lethal Weapon 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. She's she's a little built for it, I yeah. think. There's something physically about it that, yeah. that I feel like would work. I would like to see her in a comic book movie where she's actually used, um, instead of yeah. Thor 2, uh, the Thorning. <laughs> the Thorning. <laughs> um, uh, Lex Luthor. Who'd you go with Lex Luthor? My Lex Luthor is one of the co-stars of a movie that I never considered a buddy cop movie until I was looking at it and went, oh yeah, what else would it be if it's not technically a buddy cop movie with a sci-fi bent? Alien Nation. I went with Mandy Patinkin. Oh, I thought you were going to go Jimmy Kahn. No, I did. I wanted really badly to put James Mandy Kahn Patinkin in this movie. Mandy Patinkin would be a good one. I think he could do... I, I, I'm looking he's forward a to him more, being... He's, he's a little older, He's but a little more Kevin Spacey than... He's uh, more like... Yeah, I was going to say Kevin Spacey or the um, or even the Gene Hackman. Yeah. Not so well, much Kevin the, Spacey is just Gene Hackman. It's the same damn character. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I he can... He's such a versatile actor, such a mm, chameleon true. that like there's nothing... You put him in the right frame of mind, he's he's going to be able to play the character. So, so hello, Superman. You killed my father. Prepare to... <laughs> my name is Lex Luthor. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Uh, Superman probably did kill his father. He killed everybody. Um, so uh, mine is actually from another Lethal Weapon movie, Lethal Weapon 2. It's the character actor, probably more famous from Breaking Bad, Dean Norris. Uh, you know, I considered him. It's I just because of bald I head, I really? Cons- <laughs> well, yes. I considered him, and I also considered um, 
the other guy from uh, 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 Jonathan Banks from oh. uh, also from ba- uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who's also in? Uh, I think he's in one of those movies. He's in one of yeah. the sort of the buddy cop movies. He, was, he might be in Tango and Cash or, or something. Originally, I was just looking at the Lethal Weapon Two guy, the 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 South African guy who's like diplomatic immunity. <laughs> but I couldn't. I was like, I don't know what else he's been in. So. Yeah. Um, did you cast? Uh, who else did you cast? I got two more. Uh, I did cast a Lois. Who'd you cast as your Lois? Uh, my Lois, um, who is also in The Rookie with uh, Charlie Sheen and uh, Clint Eastwood, Lara Flynn Boyle. Nice. I didn't cast a Lois, so I'm gonna okay. go. With, I'll go with yours. Lara Flynn nice. Boyle's great. Yeah. I I might actually go with with um, Terry Hatcher. I think that might be a good pick for Lois Lane. Why not? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um, who else did you go with? Uh, I do have an Alfred. Oh yeah. And I think. My Alfred's a little bit of a cheat, but I couldn't really come up with one, so I just went with Michael Gow, because why not? Because <laughs> he's there. <laughs> why I, not? I actually went with um, Danny Glover as my Alfred. Interesting. You know why? No. Because he's getting too old for this <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, I I thought of that. Um, but if if you Richard Dreyfuss is already my Batman, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. It, that was a joke cast. Up. There was there was a few that that I thought of. I really wanted. We we actually joked early on about about using Bad Boys as a reference. And oh just yeah, casting we, Bad Boys. Yeah, and I love playing with the race, especially because there's always so many white people in these movies. Like I love to just yeah. mix it up with that, but. Other than, I mean, they're just. I, I hit such a hard time really finding actors you, you cast, in the genre you in cast the era. A Hispanic Superman. Well, Charlie, she doesn't really count. I was gonna say. I mean, does anybody think of him that way? Not really. His name's I Manny Carlo, Patinkin. His name's Carlos Estevez. Manny Patinkin's, you know, Jewish something. <laughs> I guess he's um, something different. I so, don't know. So I cast two more. Okay. I cast Doomsday. Oh, you did. Uh, Doomsday is Arnold Schwarzenegger from Red Heat. Red Heat. Yeah. With uh, Belushi, right? Yeah, Belushi. I I just think it would be funny. Not even the right Belushi. No, not the right Belushi. I just like the idea of, 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 like, Arnold Schwarzenegger in, like, the 80s. Like, you know, he's probably relatively famous in this time, but, ah, Doomsday, (laughs) crashing you and crashing your city. (laughs) I grow spikes when I get hit with energy. The effects would be so great. <laughs> um, and I also, I threw in my Aquaman. Oh, okay. And speaking of uh, of out-of-race casting, I went with Eddie Murphy from 48 Hours as my Aquaman. <laughs> nice. I kind of half expected you to go with Gary Busey as, uh, as Aquaman for well, some reason. <laughs> in the summer of 88, you will believe a black man can swim. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because it's Superman, you believe it's a man can fly. Yes. Yeah. No, I, yes, yeah. I get it. I, <laughs> um, I also, who, did you put a director? Well, I mean, who else? You're going to go with Richard Donner. You went with Donner? I, I went with Donner. I went with uh, Paul Verhoeven. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, yeah. And I also... That's a little bit more believable. I like that, because he, <laughs> he did more of, like, with the science fiction, yeah, obviously, with RoboCop. Term, and, uh, Total Recall. I think he, yeah. I, I think he's better suited to the genre. I, I couldn't really get anyone who was, like, good for the genre, so I just went with someone who knows the style of movie we were talking about. And also, as a bonus, I did a score. Uh, the person to do the score, I went with Basil Polidorus. I want to like, bah, 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 you know. I'll take your word for that. I don't know anything about that. Because Hans Zimmer actually announced that he's no longer going to do superhero movies. Thank God. <laughs> do you want to 
I don't, I'm not afraid of it. I ain't afraid of it. Take my gun. Don't nibble on the barrel. Pull the trigger. Go ahead, pal. Be my guest. Go ahead if you're serious. You shouldn't tempt me, man. Put it in your mouth. Bullet might go through your, your ear and not kill you. Yeah, under the chin. Yeah, 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 under the chin. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do uh, Kevin's got his pick for his pick three. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've got, uh, you know, Batman and Superman fighting before they team up. So I didn't I wanted to go with our we were talking about our top three on screen rivalries. Oh, that's how it's pronounced. I thought it was rivalries. Rivalries. <laughs> rivalries. Never heard it said out loud. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, anything, I don't, you know, I just thought of, like, anything that, uh, you know, where that rivalry is. Not so much just good guy versus bad guy, but, it's a you know, through line where, of the they're, movie. Right, where yeah. they're coming from very sort of similar places, and they don't necessarily have to end up friends, Yeah, but I believe all of mine do, and all of your, I don't know if all of oh, yours do. Oh, none of mine but... do, so this is great. Oh, okay. This so, is also, we have all... Well, one of them kind of, but okay. not really. All right. Okay, Go so... Go ahead, you're number um, three. My number three is, um, I bet you you have another movie from the series as part of yours, but I went with uh, Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago in Rocky Four. Nice. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, one of the greatest rivalries of all time, not only for its slow motion homoeroticism, not as bad as Rocky Three, but <laughs> the the training sequence, because it, it wasn't just Rocky versus Ivan, it was United States versus Soviet Russia. It right. was yeah. it was the U.S. versus Russia. It was the Cold War, Cold War uh, craziness, and it was it was man versus machine. Rocky's out in the in the Siberian wilderness chopping wood, and you know he's beating tires with sledgehammers. <laughs> and you, I've been training inside <laughs> there. True. You know he's getting injected with these drugs, and at the end, you know it's getting like, visited by the Flash. Yeah, Ivan gets. Ivan kills. You have his, to save Apollo Creed. He kills. He kills a, It was all Apollo. I, it, it turns out he was the linchpin. Um, you know, and uh, Apollo gets killed by Ivan, and Ivan crisis like, on infinite Rockies. <laughs> well, if you're Rocky and I'm Rocky, <laughs> and then the best part of all, and I single-handedly believe that Rocky Four ended the Cold War. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people believe that Rocky beats Ivan Drago, and then he has the speech. He's like. Uh, if if you land like me and I can let you, why can't we all just get along? And it's yeah. like it, the the Berlin Wall just fell. Yeah. Um. Out of its ashes came David Hasselhoff singing "Freedom." It was the eighties version of the Charlie Chaplin speech at the end the of the, the Great, Great Dictator. Dictator. It was basically the <laughs> the muttering, the mush mouth eighties Cold War version of that speech. <laughs> I've... <laughs> That's the, the greatest comparison I've ever heard in my life. Rocky's speech at the end of Rocky Four is the equivalent of the great dictator, Charlie Chaplin. I mean, pretty much. Anyway. All right, go um, on with your number three. My number three is, uh, uh, like I said, all of mine, they actually end up friends, which I think is interesting uh, that we, we went in different directions with it, but... Uh, mine is part of a series, although really I think it's only in the first movie that it calls to mind that they actually have uh, 
a rivalry. A, rival, a rivalry that 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 is central to the plot. But uh, it's Woody and Buzz Lightyear oh. in the Toy Story you movies. Got... Wait, wait, hold on. You got a friend. <laughs> you got a friend. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's yeah. that's that's very sort of a quintessential. I mean, again, they, there's no reason that they shouldn't be friends, but they're obviously both coming from very different well, philosophical no, ideas of justice <laughs> and <laughs> well, how I, to fight crime. Oh wait, no. That's I mean, a it's a great it's a great concept of a favorite toy being usurped by a new favorite toy. Mm-hmm. It's it's a you know it's it's it is and it's a great rivalry because. Woody does have deep conflicted emotion about do well, I usurp this? Or do I try and he to takes take it the- too far? Yeah, after a certain point, and then of course realizes uh, the error of his ways, and of course that he has to to make it right. And, and as we and learned, so it's about his journey just as much as it's about sort of their journey together. And we learned more in a one hour cartoon from Pixar than we did from the two hour and a half movie Batman v Superman. Indeed. No, it's a great, it's great, great rivalry. Um, my number two. Um, Kevin, you could ask if it was Amadeus laughing at me, but no, <laughs> it was God. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Think about that. The the Milos Forman epic Amadeus. I think it was 1982. 84. 84. 84. One best picture. One best picture. Um, with uh, you know, the great Salier. It's not even a rivalry because it's just um. F. It's Murray. a one-sided rivalry. Yeah. I mean, because Murray. Mozart has no idea that he's even in competition Tish. with Abraham, and that's what made it. That's what makes with it Salieri. Yeah. I'm mixing characters. F. Murray and Abraham, of course, again. won Best Supporting Actor for playing Salieri in the movie, who's I would say is actually the lead of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's this guy who's actually not a bad composer. He's actually relatively famous in his age, but because he's dealing with the... Uh, you're laughing at the Simpsons reference. I know you are. Um, I'm actually thinking of uh, Family Guy, where oh, they go, play Peter <laughs> Griffin. <laughs> ding, 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 <laughs> and then he farts. Which is actually what he does, he does in the, the movie. movie. Yeah. It's scene for scene. Yeah. <laughs> it was not Stewie Griffin laughing at me. It was God. <laughs> um, the, but yeah, it's, it's this idea of a one-sided rivalry where Mozart has no idea that He's being even manipulated by Salieri, and yeah. Salieri's inner confliction he's, is that he's like, I shouldn't be mad at Mozart because Mozart is really, really, really good. Right, I'm and I'm also very good, but it's it it's horrifying to me that I I will never, never be, be that good. Yeah, it's such a it's a great rivalry because yeah. of how mad he gets and how clueless Mozart is in that laugh, yeah. and Mozart's like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's so they make him. They, he plays him so. I don't even know the it's actor Timothy who Hutton, plays, isn't it? Okay, I don't even know the actor who plays him. I've never really made it a point to remember that because Abraham is obviously yeah, the lead, yeah. like you were saying. But he also, makes it a point to yeah. play Mozart as like the goofiest, Tom Hulse, the goofiest like a hole. The like you hate him, but you're like, oh my god, but he's so. He's such a genius. Like, what can you do? Based off the stage play in which uh, Mozart was played by uh, Mark Hamill and Salieri was played by Tim Curry. Very nice. Yes. Look at Um, that. What's your number two? Uh, My number two is um, something a little bit different. Um, It is the rivalry between the character Ajong, played by Chow Yun-Fat, and Sergeant Shang Ye, played by Kenneth Tsang. A.K.A. Shrimp Head and Small B. <laughs> in John Woo's 1989, The Killer. Killer. Yeah. It is, um, 
essentially, I mean, starts off like they're enemies, good guy versus bad guy, but you've got Chow Yun-Fat as the assassin with the code, you know, yeah. that, that, that classic thing. And then you've got, you know, the cop who's like, I've got to get him at all costs, and they're both dealing with, you know, heat from their respective sides and what happens, but they come together at yeah. the end equally matched only to find that they're going to have to, you know, butch and Sundance it yeah. out of there, shoot their way out. It's unclear when you s- whether or not they even make it out. Spoiler alert for uh, a movie from 20-something years ago. But um, it's, it's, it's a rivalry in the sense that obviously they're, they're, they're at odds. But it's, it's similar to Batman versus Superman where they have no choice but to almost fight together. I, I kind of wish that Batman versus Superman had a little bit more of that to it where it was, there was more a, lot of a reluctant yeah. alliance, right? Instead yeah. of just being like, our moms have the same name, we're best friends now. So much room for <laughs> play space. Do we just become best friends? <laughs> There's so much room for activities. <laughs> Alfred, we're going to make bunk beds inside the back. <laughs> um, so you're number one. Uh, well, actually, when you started naming all the Asian names, I was like, is he going to say Jet Li versus Jet Li in the one? Is oh, that going to be his inner Oh, yeah. Um, no, mine is a, is a lot more um, Roadrunner and Coyote kind of esque, very Looney Tunes. It's a, okay. it's a classic movie. And uh, let me just say, they bow bow. Okay, I thought of this one. Um, Ferris Bueller versus Edward R. Rooney in the great classic Mm. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sure. Um, Once again, kind of a one-sided rivalry where Ferris Bueller is always getting the upper hand. Mm. But oh, Ed's gonna catch that little son of a bitch. Yeah. Ooh, Ed, you sounded just like Dirty Harry. (laughs) Um, And it's it's so great because it's one of those rivalries like Amadeus where it's like he's always coming out on top. Ferris Bueller is always going to win. Sure. This is this is not a question of if he's ever going to get caught or when he's ever going to get caught. It's he's not ever going to be caught. It's mm-hmm. when will Ed learn that he can't compete with this high schooler? This high schooler will constantly win mm-hmm. when it comes to it. And it's such a great thing because now as an adult and as an as a as a person who works in education, I will say Edward Rooney was right the entire time. <laughs> Ferris Bueller was an asshole. <laughs> Can you just go to class? Just just go to class and learn. But at the same time, it's like, Ed, just let it go. It's not going to, it doesn't matter. He learns through life, through experience. It's not, it's not even. wrecking his friend's dad's car. Oh my God, he's such a jerk in that movie. (laughs) Um, You know, and he he treats everyone like crap, including Cameron and his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. Oh, it's just awful. But yeah, yeah. he deserves marrying Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) But anyway, what's your number one? Uh, My number one, of course, you alluded to it earlier, but I (laughs) I think the better rivalry, the quintessential rivalry through the Rocky series is Rocky and Apollo Apollo Creed, because that is the one where it starts. I mean, they go head to head in the first movie, and then in the second movie they go head to head again, and then in the third movie, I mean, they're still dang, dang. It's the <laughs> whole. I mean, that you don't have that series without Apollo Creed, and you don't have Apollo Creed without that relation to Rocky, and really bringing that world and making all of that very, very personal. I mean, I think that's 
the quintessential. I mean, as soon as I thought of this topic, that was the one. Don't to throw beat. that hand bone out. Put that in some boiling water and <laughs> get yourself a stew. <laughs> Hello, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. No, it's it's Weird great. Weird arrested and development what I, bit. What I do like about it is the development of their care of like, and you have to say over the series because the development yeah, of his character yeah, yeah, is yeah. great. It's, it's it doesn't even count. The first movie doesn't even really count as a rivalry because you can say that about anyone who goes head to head in any. And movie. And the nice thing is is about that movie is that Apollo isn't like he's not like angry at Rocky he's not mad at Rocky it's just it's he, never personal it's never for personal either for either of them yeah it, it only gets personal when <clears throat> to, to your number three when yeah. Drago oh, kills, kills Apollo uh, Creed. Creed spoiler alert and, uh, and, and the, but the, the great thing is is in the second one it's all about that rematch, and Rocky does finally win. Right, and then in the yeah, third I mean, that one, happen. and the third one, you know, Apollo takes over as his trainer, and they have that great homoerotic, you know, mm-hmm. running on the beach and like hugging each other in the waves scene. Yeah, and it's just like sure. it's a full blown bromance, and it's like a rivalry that yes. turns into kind of because the second one and is that's a little where more heated. All of mine kind of went for. I mean, <laughs> if, if you've ever seen the killer, I mean, that is a bromance. That is like one of the most delightfully bromantic things I've ever seen on screen. I like how yours are alternative bromances and mine are always about one guy who's angry at another guy. Well, for being you know, better than him. That's it really kind is of what the it is. theme of the show, I yeah. guess, yeah. in some ways. Um, I did have an honorable mention, one that I think that you'll appreciate. Um, the only reason I didn't put it on my list is because I think that it wears thin by the third movie, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah. And that is Marty McFly versus Biff, Biff Tannen, yeah. which is not one in which they become <coughs> friends at the mm-hmm. end. Maybe that's why I left it off. Um, but I like a lot about it. I like the way that the themes, the the jokes continue, but that's also something that I hate about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I it's a great on-screen rivalry, but I, I kind of feel like it's the the problem is is that it's Biff is kind of they're not evenly matched. It's yeah. too jokey and it's too silly. He's just he's just a bully, and that's just like right. yeah, it's not like a rivalry. It's not like they're compete like George McFly and Biff. Like their rivalry is not even really a rivalry. It's just that Biff just wants to rape. Lorraine, <laughs> right? Pretty and he much, pretty much, yeah. almost kind of does. He gets very close. <laughs> what, what, what were we talking about with, with where we thought about what if 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 Marty's actually Biff's son, and that like when they interrupt Biff raping Lorraine, that like Marty disappears? Oh, I don't think you were talking about that with me, but that's dark. <laughs> I know. God, what was I talking Must about? Not about me? Must not it's have like been a, with oh, me. oh, this is dark. That would be really weird. I, no, you know what? I was talking about that with Nick because it was one of my long conversations oh, okay. about Back to the Future. Sure. So we're at the two and a half hour mark, where this is almost as long as the movie. Oh my god! I'm gonna have to cut something. No, you don't have to cut anything. Let's Just cut the whole I trust thing. me, people will people will listen. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of sorry too. <laughs> Let's final thoughts. What are your great? What's your great on Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice? Um, I don't know if I'm being generous or what, but I'm actually going <laughs> an entire whole letter grade over Man of Steel. I'm going with a C. Yeah, um, I actually am going uh, 
much more than a letter grade. I'm giving this a C plus, a mm. B minus. It is. I'm B almost. B minus. I'm really? almost, you, almost come, to B minus territory. You get that high. C plus for sure. Wow. Um, I think I. I think you gave Deadpool like a C plus. Plus. I, yeah. I can't. Yeah. That's why it's like. Deadpool and there's the difference is, is Deadpool I left the movie like really enjoying it but Deadpool was like nothing this this movie had me thinking for an entire week about it so that's something to be said it's like when you go to an art gallery right. like the classic scene in a movie where you have two people arguing about a, a piece of crap art up on the wall and like no the, like a little kid could have drawn this and like no this is this is brilliant and the person's like i just bought it and like why did you buy it well two most prominent art critics are arguing about it the fact that so <laughs> many people are arguing right. about it and it that means there's something to it has this. some weight it has something it, there's some cultural Lends weight to it, it some significance and yeah exactly and i there's the things that i actually really really enjoyed about it i think i enumerated those pretty well um how often can we harp on how bad Zack Snyder is as a director as of late? Well, we're going to do it again in two weeks. I, well, I don't. I, I have a lot of fond memories of 300. All right. I, I don't, think, not, I, I, yeah. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I just, I feel like the, the movie, uh, there's some weight to it. And it's, for all of its flaws, I definitely left the theater saying, it's not as bad as everyone said it was. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I I, I mostly thought it was fine. And yeah, that's why I'm going with a C. It's very middle grade, two two and a half stars. It was more than being out of five. It, yeah, it's like we often say, like it's a very it's very movie. <laughs> it was a it was very movie. But this was more than that, I think, because like if this was very movie, I'd probably give it a much lower grade or much higher grade. Who knows? Mm. But it, this is not very movie. This is like beyond movie. This is like. This is some sort of weird art school, like, visual porn that I don't quite mm. understand. It's like when they imitate, like, a, a student film on, like, The Critic, the old cartoon The Critic. Uh-huh. And it'll be, like, a woman standing on a chair in a nightgown with, like, a, a toy train going around her. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, reading Virginia Woolf. Like, mm-hmm. that's what this movie was to me. I'm like, what is this? Mm. Is this art? Is this... Is this comic book? Is this fluff? I don't. I, don't I can know. guarantee you right now, <laughs> no, it's not, not art. art. Yeah. <laughs> so. Unless unless art was working at the Daily Planet. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, I'm the guy flying the helicopter. Art, art exposition. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. Go to planetarbitrary.com for your planet arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at planet arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at at K White says like our Facebook page backslash comic book logic. You could also like our other Facebook pages, Planet Arbitrary Podcasts, and the Game Classy Podcast, which is a podcast I host with Steve, where we talk all about tabletop gaming, post opposite of this. And we also have um, Pat's Retro Video Game Review Podcast, a.k.a. Play On, starring Pat B. of Pat's Retro Video Game Review Podcast, <laughs> as I like to say it is a mouthful, and Steve, <laughs> where they review video games. You can listen to our podcast and like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. You could also listen to us on the YouTube page, we're on the Game Classy YouTube page, or the Ubtubs, as I like to call it. Ooh. Um, and oh, we also have the Game Classy subreddit where we also link to stuff there. But the main way to get you can get in touch with us is through the Comic Book Logic Facebook page. We're reasonably active on it. We're we're that's, trying that's our great, darndest. We should we should put that on our business cards. Comic Book Logic. <laughs> we're reasonably active. <laughs> true it's uh, very true by the way did you know that there's a dj in chicago named dj kirk van houten 
<clears throat> no, but I need to be in on that. Yeah, just let you know. Can um, borrow a feeling. So, Kevin, uh, until the movie 300... Uh, your your mom's name, Martha, my mom's uh, name, Martha. Did we just become Martha. best friends? We're best friends. Comic, bullet, logic, 